Hi everyone, and thank you for downloading another episode of the Dudes Watch Disney Podcast. This is Jake, and uh, as you know by now, when you hear my voice at the beginning of these episodes, it means I'm here to tell you about some of our audio problems. Yeah. So, here's the thing with this episode. We had an issue with a microphone that uh, wasn't set up correctly, so the whole time we thought we were recording into the microphone, we were actually recording into the laptop built-in microphone, which isn't ideal, but... I've cleaned up the audio. It sounds it's at least a C plus. So and we figured out halfway through the episode and fix it and then finish with a, a correct microphone. So I know that doesn't sound like it's going to be great, but I hope you stick around and listen because I think this is one of our funniest episodes. We certainly had a lot of fun recording it. So please enjoy this episode on the Black Cauldron. Also, also, it was Dustin's fault. He's the one who did it. Dudes watch Disney podcast. We watch films and have a blast. Rank them all from first to last. It's our podcast. Uh, this is episode nineteen, right? Yeah. You have any nineteen puns? There's a Steely Dan song called "Hey Nineteen. I've never heard it. I've just seen the title and then skipped it on Sirius. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it's it like about scroll through trying, steely dan hey night nope <laughs> is it about trying to hook up with a 19 year old <laughs> is that the, t- the premise that i heard be. a steely dan we talked about steely dan in like at our grandparents at one point and then like the next day i heard a steely dan song i'd never heard before it was called like dirty work or something and it was actually pretty catchy it was like i'm a fool to do your dirty work huh. it's about like a lady that's stepping out on her husband with the singer of the song and huh. No, I only know, uh, you know, reeling in the years and uh, back, back, Jack, Jack do, do it again. It again. <laughs> we sang that uh, like as a round. <laughs> back, back, Jack, Jack. Well, you know, technology. Welcome back to the Steely Dan cast. My name is Jake. And I don't know anything about Steely Dan, but yeah, I'm I know, like, aren't they named after a sex toy? I'm pretty sure. I want to say, yeah, that's like yeah. a weird trivia thing. And they had that weird beef with the Eagles where, like, they said something about the Eagles in one of their songs. So then, like, in Hotel California, when they talk about they stabbed it with their Steely knife, but they just can't kill the beast or whatever. That's supposed to be uh. like a, you know, like a fuck you to the uh, to Steely Dan. Is that like Skinner and whoever it was and Southern Man and whoever it was being Neil Young? Yes. Neil Young, that was it. I couldn't hope Neil Young will remember. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Young is uh, I came up with this analogy a few years ago uh, when I made some like personal growth as far as soccer goes. Neil Young is soccer, soccer to me. Yes. <laughs> OK. Because like I appreciate that people enjoy it and that like uh they're like great athletes or whatever and it's like a big deal everywhere else and it's the same thing with neil young like i get other people really like him and like he's talented i guess yeah. like whatever he's in the rock and roll hall of fame and people think he's the coolest shit or whatever but like he does nothing for me and the same way that soccer me. does nothing for me yeah you're th- that seinfeld gif of him walking out of the theater <laughs> that's you and uh, yeah. neil young but I appreciate that there are people that do enjoy it. I'm like, I'm not trying to be a hater on Neil Young or soccer. Like, it's just right. not my thing, man. I'd rather watch hockey than soccer any day. That's just me. Yeah. It, it's faster. There's yeah. more collisions. Like, mm-hmm. I watched uh, the Winter Classic a little bit on uh, New Year's. We normally do. We didn't watch yeah. this year. I only watched it because Kelsey was watching the parade and then we fell asleep. And then when we woke up, the 
Winter Classic was on. So I was like, well, this is better than Stupid Parade. So yeah, I didn't know it was New Year's at all, really. Like, yeah, uh, we did we nothing. Didn't, we didn't have peas. We didn't like. I we did do that. Didn't stay up till the ball dropped because we never do. We but, did do that. Uh, went to bed at eight forty-five on New Year's <laughs> Eve. So nice. that happened. Yep. We watched Fox and the Hound on New Year's. So normally we had a tradition of watching extended Lord of the Rings on uh, yeah. on New Year's Eve because that was just how we would stay up. And uh, that, that carried on into when the Hobbit movies came out. And then I'd always get the extended Hobbit movie for uh, uh, Christmas. And then we'd watch that on New Year's Eve. And uh, that ended when uh, The Hobbit 3 pretty much killed my interest in those movies. So Have you watched, uh, have you gone back and rewatched the like extended Hobbit 3 Three, no. One and two, yes. You should watch it, and you should keep a little track of, like, the number of people who get their heads cut off. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. insane. Like They do use that a lot. It's like counting nut shots in the Attitude Era. Like, it's just <laughs> crazy. Like, every, like, ten minutes, another head gets cut off. Well, it's like, I don't know, you gotta keep the violence interesting, but also it can't be real violent, because it's PG-13, so there's no, like, blood or anything like that. But really? head, heads getting cut off is fine. That's been, you know, proven acceptable. The actual name of this podcast is Dudes Watch Disney. <laughs> we are not going to continue talking about Steely Dan. The Hobbit, possibly. Uh, actually, we will, because uh, there's some voice actor overlapping in this film we're talking about today. Uh, because today we're on episode 19, The Black Cauldron, which nobody's ever seen before. So why are you listening to this? <laughs> I'm sure it has a cult following. Yeah, I'm sure it does, too. It was released in 1985. we're probably going to offend when this episode's over. If we owned this growing up, I would have watched it and thought it was really cool. Like, if you're a young kid that likes fantasy shit, this movie's great. If you're an older adult that, like, tries to figure out where a story is going while you're watching it, you're going to be like, what the fuck are we even doing? But So, going in uh, to this episode, a disclaimer from the start. Normally, uh, I read up a bunch of, like, trivia and uh, background information about the movies so i you know have an idea of what's going on at least or it's a movie i've seen a gajillion times right uh this one neither one of those things apply we watched it in 2009 and i definitely fell asleep uh, <laughs> i just told you guys i watched it oh uh, okay i didn't like i saw that. the beginning and the end and like nothing else and so I yeah no idea what went in the middle <laughs> uh so but, you know, I now have watched it and I discovered I was having a hard time figuring out what these people's names were, which yeah. is the thing when I first watched uh, Lord of the Rings as well. Uh, I, and I'd struggle with that on a lot of movies. It's like, who's this guy? Who's right, but especially fantasy movies, because uh, right. it's, like it's going to be like, like, Jim, like yeah, <laughs> which would be great. Right. Old Jim Baggins. <laughs> right. So, like, we're watching... For some reason, when a new thing would get introduced into our family, whether it was a book series or a movie, it tended to be Jake introducing it. Like I, <laughs> I was the cultured Jake one, explaining a series of unfortunate events to us. Mm. Uh, We've and discussed same that on this thing podcast. With, like, uh, with uh, Lord of the Rings, and so like it had been out for a while. Jake wanted to watch it, and like I think I was. It had come out, and I got the book, and I started reading the book, and then we rented the movie, and I was only like yes. halfway through the book. And so when we rented the movie, I'm trying to figure out who these people are. Like, I'm enjoying the movie, but, right. like, have no idea who, what anybody's name is. I'm calling Aragorn Stridex because I thought that's what they were <laughs> right. saying. Like, he's named after that. And I was like, why are they calling him Aragorn? Because I had only reached the part where they were just calling him Strider because that's all the hobbits knew him as was Stry Strider because he has long legs and has a big stride and has nothing See, to do with Stridex. Sense. I was like, well, no one's got acne here. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> You'd think why they would. Like, they don't have... Uh, Sean 
cure for that. I could see Sean Bean's character maybe, you know, being called Stride X. He looks like he's got a little like acne scarring going on, but mm-hmm. I didn't it didn't make any sense to me. And I'm sure I didn't know his name at that point. John Reese Davies was the one having allergic reactions to his like facial uh, gimmick. <laughs> I don't sure, know. Yeah. With the big nose and everything. Um but <laughs> So a similar issue watching Black Cauldron where you just got names that may or may not be right. So I'm just writing down what I'm thinking I'm hearing uh, as we go through these. Dustin truly went into this movie blind. I did a bit of research ahead of time. So I saw the names there, but then watching it, I was like, couldn't remember them because they're like Teron or like Aluri. And it's like, how do you spell Aluri? (laughs) So I'm just writing whatever. (laughs) The lady's name is just an Arnold Schwarzenegger sound. (laughs) (laughs) So to make sure I don't mess up and get smartened up, I didn't look at the uh, background information or IMDb page or whatever so i just am going to call these people what i think they said or what i wrote down when i didn't even have a clue what they said and just descriptions of them like the uh weird like combination ewok golem with a mustache guy yep Uh, (laughs) i could tell you his name but we'll just wait um so a few things about this movie before we get into it um it cost 40 million dollars to make 40 million Uh, 40 million in 1985 like Disney sneezes and 40 million dollars comes out now but that was a ton of money for the studio then that had not had a success in a long time um and hadn't made a movie in a few years either like Fox and the Hound yeah it's been one yeah it's been four four years this is 85 um the movie only made back 21 million dollars so that is quite a big financial loss um they are really just kind of not knowing where they're going right now as a studio. They're trying something different, which different is fun. Like I, Disney never does anything different these days. I would love for them to do something really weird and out of the blue like this, but like, or they do something that's like minorly different and they try to act like it's majorly different. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Moana was like, check out this. We've got our first ever Polynesian princess, like, or the princess in the, well, I guess that one was a bigger deal. Like, we've got our cool first African-American but, princess. But yeah, like, Princess and the Frog was, yeah. But still, it's like, okay, but that's, I mean, inclusion is nice, but, like, maybe make a different kind of movie. Like, Moana, I enjoyed, but, like, it's a very Disney movie of just, like, here's all the big song beats, and here's the big action, and here's, you know, the visuals are very impressive. And, and don't worry, there's The Rock. Yeah, who I remember being, like, the best part of the movie, so... True. also turns out our grandpa is a big fan of the rock we found out <laughs> despite possibly not knowing his name well there's no way he knows his name he might know him as the rock but not like there's no way he knows he's Dwayne. so what has he seen him in i'm wondering because <laughs> like he's seen i know I what he's rock, seen him in he's he doesn't seen see him... current action movies no, he's... But he saw walking uh walking tall because back uh, in like oh three like or a, whatever a set of like the original movies and that one and i guess he watched all of them but other than that i don't know what else he would have seen him in like i don't know but we watched that uh it was rock's got some new american gladiators-esque show called like the titan games or something and pop was like this show looks stupid and then the rock came on and he's like i like that guy though <laughs> and then i I was out of the room, but I heard that and it was amusing to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else he would know him from. Like, it's not like he he didn't watch Baywatch. Should we pull up the Rock's <laughs> IMDb page and figure I mean, out what it's, there's no way he's seen like a Fast and Furious, right? Unless they were on TV, no, maybe. Or like Journey to the Center of the Earth or like. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Jumanji. 
No, because our mother didn't even know they made a new Jumanji movie. I found <laughs> she out. She watches commercials all I the time. Know, but I found out last night Danny DeVito is going to be in the sequel to it yeah. and said that. And she was like, they're making a sequel to Jumanji this many years later. And I was like, I mean, it came out no. last year. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, they made one. It wasn't really. So she was like, this is the third one then. And I was like, I mean. Kind of. It's more I like a guess. reboot. Like, But it wasn't. It was a reboot, but they still acknowledged. They were like little like. Right. Uh, what do you call Same it? universe, different thing. story is basically. I don't yeah. know that we have a term for that, but. I liked it, by the way. Uh, Jumanji. It was entertaining. Yeah. There was somebody else who's going to be in the new one, too. I don't remember who it was now. Kevin Hart. Jack Black. No, but somebody who wasn't in the first uh, one who's going to be in the second one. Bruce Willis. <laughs> no. I mean, that makes as much sense as Danny DeVito, but no, that wasn't it. So, back to our Home Alone remake discussion <laughs> from the other day. Yeah. I was trying really hard the whole rest of the day to think who I would cast as modern day Joe Pesci. Is there a cranky like old actor that's not old old actor? Cuz all I can think of are people like in their 70s, which Pesci was like 50 something when that movie came out. Yeah. Um Bill Murray. I mean, that's like, still pretty old old. I don't think and he not would be really like dangerous threatening. cranky. Yeah. Like he's cranky. Like did you ever see the movie uh St. Vincent where he's like that old Saint- man? saint vincent no Mm-mm. he's an old man and like uh grumpy and stuff but he like starts looking after the kid who lives next door or whatever it's pretty pretty nice grand torino <laughs> i don't know never seen that uh, somewhat similar just based on what you just said perhaps um there was a thing i was gonna say something to bridge us back on topic i don't know this the black cauldron is a fantasy series um uh, this is loose, quote, loosely based on the first two books of the series. The series is called The Chronicles of Prydane, Prydane, I don't know, fantasy words, um, by someone named Lloyd Alexander. Apparently, it's a series of five novels, and it's based on Welsh mythology. Um, is it a is it a popular series? I've never heard anyone talk about it before, but that I doesn't haven't either. mean anything. Um, it could be cool. I did look up a quote from the guy that uh, that wrote it in regards to this movie where he said, like, first of all, this movie has absolutely nothing to do with my book series. But I will say it's a good movie or something. So it's like so he lied on two accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could kind of tell watching it that it looked like uh, from what I know about fantasy and I knew it was based on uh, on a book or book series or whatever. Fantasy yeah. novels tend to be very, very long. Um, yes. I don't Full know of why detail. that's a thing. Like, right. I don't know. Is there a short fantasy like genre? Hobbit. I think The Hobbit is the, the list of short fantasy books. Sure. Um, but so it, it definitely seemed like something where like if you had to take Lord of the Rings and make it a, you know, 45 minute to an hour movie or whatever, uh, you'd end up with the Lord of the Rings cartoon that already exists. That thing's but, like two and a uh, half hours just, long. So is it? Oh, well, but it's two books. Uh, but yeah, well, Sure, uh, I've seen it once. I'd like to see it again. Yeah. Um, I, I own it. I was going to say. If you took something uh, of that length and tried to make it mm. into one uh, one film Feature or whatever for film. children, right? Like you're going to cut out a ton 
Um, yeah, this this movie feels very much. It says two books. I think we took all five books and just smooshed them together with nothing, cut out anything in between that might like give us any kind of detail or just like g- broad picture of what the world looks like or where we're going at any time. It's just like, what's the next beat in the story? Let's right. get to that. Introduce a new character. He's got his own thing going on. Go to a new place. And even in long movies, uh, like like with Lord of the Rings, like there's still a ton of things that they took out from the book. Right. Um, and something, some things that make uh, sense to take out and some things that are sort right. of disappointing that they took out. For example, Tom Bombadil does not need to be in any movie. <laughs> probably not. But also like how long it takes Frodo to leave the Shire once. Yeah. Like once That's he gets like the ring. That's like four chapters. Right. Right. And, and, and timeline wise is like years and years before he yeah. leaves. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of crazy. Like you've got this ring and you've got to destroy it and get it out of here. But take your time. Like you know, right. maybe you can hide it for a while. There's no real urgency. Like well, Gandalf was off researching shit, but that's not exciting for a movie. So no. we'll montage that and have Gandalf come right back. Right. So it seems like really urgent. You've got to get the hell out of here. Let's go. You know. Right. That makes sense. That's movie stuff. And then <clears throat> we do a, a bit of that in this movie of just like speeding shit along. Oh, but at the same time, we still constantly have to be like trying to explain what's going on. So there's no subtlety to any of it. Like every character is like, ah, young boy that lives with me. I need you to go fetch the pig. You're the pig. pig. You take care of the pig. Bring him here. But I don't want to take care of the pig. I want to be a warrior. Like everybody is every line is either explaining what's about to happen or pointing at something and going look at that or trying to say what your motivation is in dialogue form and surprise surprise dustin and jake are going to advocate for a narrator but (laughs) yeah we we start out here we do a great intro with the narrator i I Mm -hmm. really enjoy that you've got like the mist and like some like simple colors in the background a cold Uh, open we talked about liking that on uh on rescuers and it's an effective short opening to what is yeah. the Black Cauldron, why is right. it so powerful and evil, whatever. Because all, from what I understand, at least about fantasy, I did take one uh, class in college on, like, fantasy literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's all, there's some sort of uh, giggle pudding, as Conan O'Brien called it, <laughs> that they've got to get from some faraway place or whatever that will help fix everyone's right. shit. Plot <laughs> device, MacGuffin, whatever you yeah. need. Either this thing is evil, go destroy it, or this thing will stop us from the evil thing, go retrieve it. And Right, and yeah. so um, this one, there is a titular black cauldron that some evil king has poured his soul into in sort of Horcrux situation, I don't know. Yeah, so the evil king is not the horned king, this is an older evil I king? I think so, is that I think it's it a different king. Okay, because I was like... The most of the time, I was like, "Why does the Horned King need this? Is it just because he's evil and he wants to be more evil?" And this right. is like this some is kind of even more evil multiplier. Previous evil king uh, that now gotcha. the Horned King wants to get his power so that he can also be, you know, as powerful as that guy was. I think. Okay, so it's so on. it's the Elder Wand, and Voldemort wants it, even yeah. though he's already ruling the world. He wants it because power. Gotcha. Right. I mean, he's is he ruling the like he's ruling uh, England, right? Small like, shirt. Also, I've noticed, like, there's only, like, three things we ever compare any movie to. It's either Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or sometimes Star Wars. Yeah. like And pro wrestling. <laughs> right. You know, I was sticking with films, but yes, well, every, very pro wrestling trumps them all. <laughs> yeah. Right now, so, we like, have we'll mentioned be talking series about... of unfortunate events a couple times. That's, That's true. That's a thing. 
we'll be talking about fucking Fox and the Hound and be like, yeah, no, this is just like when Gandalf is doing his thing and like he's got to go talk to Saruman. They can't be friends anymore. Yeah, or shoehorned in Dusty Rhodes reference for no reason. Like, you got the fox in the middle of the woods. He doesn't got left alone. Well, speaking of... Uh, just do, dudes watch Disney bingo here of Lord of the Rings and wanting a narrator. The narrator uh-huh. here, even though he only has two lines or whatever, is the voice of Gandalf in the animated Hobbit. So oh, I okay. really wanted to hear more of him. Yeah. The greatest adventure <laughs> is what lies ahead. Right. And uh, I, I'm a little upset. I read that first, so I heard it and then immediately knew like, OK, yeah, that is that. Because I wanted to know if like my brain would automatically make that connection. But. Should we uh, should we watch the animated? Well, Hobbit would be short, but I guess we could do both, like Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, or just Lord of the Rings. Or... I mean, I love those movies. They don't really have anything to do with Disney, but they are not cartoons. at all. They're animation, but that's that's another thing. Uh, fantasy animation is like I can see why they did this because like it's slowly become a genre up until this point in the eighties, like and just fantasy movies in general. Um, you know, because, like, I think this is around the time never-ending story happens to, like, you wanting to slowly build an audience of, like, you know, young young adults that are into this stuff. And uh, But, like, you know, just going back, in the 70s, you had The Hobbit, you had the animated Lord of the Rings, uh, the guy who did animated Lord of the Rings, Ralph Bash- Bashke, Bashke, I don't know how you pronounce it, uh, he had his own line of movies. I'm just going to list a series of movies I'm assuming you've never seen. Um uh, he had a movie called Wizards, which is like I think popular with mostly stoners, but it's like weird adult fantasy shit. Um, also coming out in the '80s, you've got like The Last Unicorn, you've got uh, Heavy Will- Metal, which I've seen, which is really terrible. But Willow, have you seen that one? I haven't. Is that animated? I've heard of no, it. No, it's not animated. I, are we just doing? But animated it's a fantasy one? thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. A reluctant dwarf must play a critical role in protecting a special baby from an evil queen. <laughs> With uh, Val Kilmer and the guy who plays uh, R2-D2 and uh, an Ewok. Also, it's the 80s, like, Thundercats, He-Man. Like, these are starting to be things. We're going to make a He-Man movie in a few years and it'll be bad. Uh, it will be the greatest movie of all time, <laughs> if that's what you mean. How have they not rebooted that movie? Like, why is that Oh, I'm sure it's coming. How do you feel about Conan, by the way? Not related, but also probably related. That came out in the 80s, right? Uh, I saw it like once. Okay. Well, I've no, never wait, seen I've it. seen. Which one's the one where James Earl Jones turns into a snake? Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that could be either one. I think it's the second oh. one. I um, haven't. I, the second one was on TV last night, and I watched like half an hour of it, and was like, I gotta watch Conan now. So that's did on my to do list. James Earl Jones turn it turn into no. a snake. <laughs> I like, saw, at the very uh, end, like, he becomes, like, uh, it's not like a little snake, either. Like, it's like he turns into, like, Jafar at the end of Aladdin. Like, cool. big-ass James Earl Jones snake. Does he have, like, arms and legs and they're all muscly and shit, or is he just an actual snake? I think he's just a snake, but again, I haven't seen it in, like, 15 years. Um, <laughs> and didn't see the whole movie then. It was just like, hey, oh, he's a snake now. Okay, cool. Uh, what are we doing now? Like... The point, the point is Conan is on my uh, to-watch list. But the other point is I like cool fantasy shit. So if any time I'm praising this movie, it's because I like cool fantasy shit, and this kind of scratched that itch at times. Um, you should watch The Highlander then while you're at it. You know, I often wanted to see that <laughs> for best movie ever made. I watched The Highlander. 
It was shit. Anyway, so yeah, this movie nearly bankrupt the studio. Uh, they never released it on VHS. Not never, but not until 98 when like they already released the, the whole rest of their shit. Uh, was any of the other kind of stuff I need to plow through with this. They made a video game of this oh, cool. uh, Sierra PC game. Uh, it's like a adventure game where like you walk around and you find shit and you put things together to make a key and you push the key into a wall and try to open up the next thing and get killed a lot. Um, I watched like a let's play of it for like 20 minutes and I was like, yeah, this is one of those Sierra games, but, uh, da, da, da. I don't know what that means. Sierra was a company that made, uh, PC adventure games in like the eighties and nineties, uh, King's quest, leisure suit, Larry, they might've made, they might not have made that. I don't know, but they did a bunch of stuff. Okay. Back when computers were cool and were about cool video games <laughs> and not just a thing everybody owned. A name that was briefly involved in this, uh, starting working at Disney around this time as an animator, uh, Tim Burton. Uh, he he apparently uh, was doing some of the initial like characterization and storyboards and stuff. And then uh, I don't know if that stuff's like his drawings have ever like surfaced because they weren't used. Like they basically looked at him and went, nah, you're not going to work on this. But he uh, was involved in uh, Fox and the Hound as well. I remember reading he was. a little. Uh, we didn't yeah, mention it in around the episode, but no. But I would be interested to see how Tim Burton would have handled this because I think he, I don't know, he, it would have been weirder, and I think weirder would might have helped this movie a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought like, what if we added Tim Burton? That would help this movie. Sure, but this is a young and hungry Tim Burton, and not like a, you know, it's 2018. Here's Tim Burton again doing. Should we thing. talk about that while we're at it? Like, do you enjoy Tim Burton? Like, is there a Tim Burton movie except for the Batman movies that you enjoy? I like Sweeney Todd. That's okay. one. Yeah. Um. What else has he done? <laughs> the animated stuff, like. Yeah, like none of them. Corpse none Bride of them really did it like, for me. Yeah. He didn't do Coraline, right? That was a different company. Because I like Coraline a lot. Yeah, I don't. But think I don't think him. he was. In, he wasn't involved in that. So Sweeney Dodd is the list, I guess. Yeah, I'm just looking back through there now. There's like the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland. No, thank you. Never Charlie saw the it. Jack- Chocolate Factory is weird as hell. Never liked it. Yeah. Uh, Big Fish. Big Fish is kind of cool. Never uh, saw it. Where it's like Ewan McGregor and stuff. It's good. Tim Burton Planet of the Apes is weird. Never obviously. saw it. Oh, Mars Attacks. Okay, I do like Mars Attacks. Never saw it. <laughs> okay, well, Mars Attacks is awesome. What if we had Jack Nicholson play two different roles? Sounds good already. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know who's in that one? Like an 11-year-old Natalie Portman. Where she's like the president's okay. daughter. All righty. You should watch Mars Attacks. But, like, Beetlejuice doesn't do anything for me. Pee Wee Herman, no. Never seen it, never seen it. And now, he's going to be... Dumbo. Yeah. We're remaking Dumbo, and Tim Burton's gonna do it. It's like we couldn't make it shittier, and then Disney went, Hold my beer, we'll get Tim Burton for no reason. And make it oddly dark for why? Like, why? Who knows? I mean, with remaking Dumbo, I kind of get it, because it's like... Throw away the book. Like, take another shot at this because the first one's terrible. Going to remake everything in their canon appears to be their plan. Like, easy built in audience. Yeah, I could see Dumbo being good. I don't give a shit about remade Lion King or Aladdin. It's like, you're just going to make it the same or make it worse. And it's like, why bother? Right. Like, because initially I was excited about live action Beauty and the Beast. And then, like, when I saw it, I was like, I mean, the cartoon's good. Like, why? Yeah. Why did we why redo do this? it again? I mean, yeah. you really you get like two options. Like with the with the live action redos, you can like 
do Cinderella where you add in a bunch of other stuff, but it's ends up that being doesn't help anything. a little boring. Yeah. Right. Or you can totally just redo the cartoon and then it's like, but but why did we do this? Like Right. So far I think Jungle Book's the only one I've like really enjoyed. Yeah. Now that one is really good. Uh mm-hmm. It was different enough, and it was like it was still a live action, or it was now a live action boy around like CG animals. So like that felt different enough than because Lion King's just going to be all CG animals, right? True, but it's it's uh, John Favreau's making that one too, and he did Jungle Book, so like maybe yeah, true. He also did Elf, which I didn't realize until mm-hmm. like I watched it this year, and that was in the Iron cool. Man movies. Yeah. At least the first I've seen those couple. like once. Yeah. Well, I guess we should probably get into the plot of this thing because we've been recording for half an hour. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a black cauldron. Uh, the bad guy wants it. That's pretty much all you need to know. We meet an old guy on a farm. Um, he has a name. You, what, what's your crack at this guy's name? Uh, old guy exposition is all I wrote down because he did that's, what you were talking about and explained like why most he, characters. That his job is to take care of this pig and this boy helps him take care of the pig. He's an assistant pig taker. And the boy's name, I wrote like Tarban here, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> I believe his name is Taran, T-A-R-A-N. Um, I heard Tyran or Tyran or something. So then I just started writing Tyrone on my notes. So Dustin knocked over his microphone. Tyrone the pig boy. Uh, the big boy Dul- is what i called this guy i don't know if that's right but yeah he's squiring a kid um they, he's got a pig named hinwin the pig's magical spoiler squiring a kid you squired as a verb like <laughs> yeah he's squiring like he's acquiring a kid like he just picked one up somewhere now if he was billy squiring him <laughs> But we get a lot of uh, exposition right here where the old man explains what his job is. Then the boy instantly talks about how he wants to fight in the war, which apparently is going on. I uh, guess. Yeah. we. He wants that- to be a strong warrior because that's literally it is because he that's he wants this because he wants it is our ex- right. explanation. I am a little there. confused uh, at this point because they talk about, uh, you know, we have to do this in case the Horn King ever comes back. But like he's already back. Right. And, and so now I guess I was thinking when I first heard that, that it was like a Lord of the Rings sort of deal. Like we're talking about if if Sauron returns or whatever, instead right. of like if he like geographically comes back to this area, like he's over yeah. there. And I think maybe that's what I thought, too, because like, I didn't I didn't fully understand what the Black Cauldron did. I thought he was going to be reborn from the cauldron and then, oh, shit, he's going to take over the world. No, but no he's already here. He right. just wants the cauldron. He's just not physically there. I think is what he right. means. So in case he comes back by. Like, he's, he's just away. Yeah. Like, we don't know how big the kingdom is. Not very, it appears, as quickly as he gets to that castle uh, in a later right. scene. But which is also ridiculous. Right. So, uh, so Tarbin here <laughs> takes care of uh, a little pig that looks exactly like Wilbur from Charlotte's Web. Yeah. Named uh, Herwig. Hinwin. That's you oh, not being well, able shit. to read your notes. I got no, the pig no, name. No, definitely that's a G. Herwig. <laughs> Hinwig. Herwig looks like Wilbur. Special pig. <laughs> it is. It's some pig right there. And then Tarin, now I've changed it from Tarbin to Tarin, dreams of more stick sword fight with goat. Yeah, I wrote abusing goat with a stick because <laughs> he like whacks him between the horns with it. Well, I say that they're playing, but the goat does look like he's got some serious like brain damage uh, from it for a little <laughs> bit where his eyes are all Google. 
Right. So we basically get to spend like, I don't know, seven or eight minutes with this kid on this farm where he's just talking about how he wants to be a warrior. Um, This is where I wrote, they've had like 10 minutes to make me care about this kid and I don't yet. So we're using our time well. Like he, it's not like he, we don't talk about like, oh, my parents were killed in a war. That's why I need to be a big, strong warrior or something. Like we don't know anything about him other than he's a little farm boy named Tyrone and he just wants to be a warrior. Right, and I guess we have established that magic is a thing by the opening uh, segment with the, you know, saying that, you know, the cauldron's right. a horcrux or whatever, but uh, it, it's not clear that the that Tarbin, Tarwin, Tarin, yeah. Tolurai, uh <laughs> is aware of magic, and but he must be at some level, because when he does find out the pig can do stuff, he doesn't go like, holy fuck, what do you mean this pig has powers? <laughs> He's just sure. like, oh, wow, you can do that? I didn't even know you could do that. It's like learning the pig could, like, go get the paper for you and bring it back. Like, like, he's oh, not, wow, really? Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> like, someone who's trained their Pretty dog much. to go get him a beer. Like, right. which is cool, I guess, but it's not like, oh, my God, how did you do that? <laughs> I guess we should explain the pig magic a little bit. Like, he looks into seemingly any body of water and, like... I thought the pig would see the prophecy, which how helpful would that be? But like, I guess, I guess he just like broadcasts the prophecy to yeah. the people around or whatever. So. Yeah. So in the, the water, pig, I think, right? Like it's right. just like you look it in the water. It shows up and, in the water. Yeah. yeah. So if this pig looks at water, you'll see the future, I guess. You can lead a pig to water, but you can't right. make him look. It's the, uh, the mirror scene from, again, back to Lord of the Rings. Like yep. the pig is Galadriel, basically. Yeah. So we got Sure. Here. Um, so the pig looks in the water, makes the thing show up and freaks out. Old guy says some rhymes and some prophecy shit takes place. Uh, yeah, all of this is true because it rhymes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a stick. Uh, he fights the goat, then the pig randomly gets frightened. I wrote Henry gets frightened because I've already changed my mind on what the pig's <laughs> name is, I guess. Pig has powers, water prophecy, horn king searching for black cauldron, hide, herwin. Nope, Henwin. At Hidden Cottage at the edge of the Forbidden Forest, which is the most cliched thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> right. But that that wasn't me, like, coming up with new words for what they said. No, like, that was the that dialogue. Was literally, hide him at the Hidden Cottage at the end of, at the edge of the Forbidden Forest. Like, so is that, that's where we're trying to take Henwin to? Is this yes, that's, generic that's the location? Plan. Like, okay, because he gets, like, three steps out the door and loses him because he's an idiot. But right. And I feel like that's Him, where her. I don't know the gender of this pig. Her, I might have just a, gotten that wrong. Pig. It's a sow. Okay. Uh, what, do you have to have babies to be a sow? I don't know how that works. Uh, Is it like like not all cows are heifers, right? You have to have. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know who aren't two farm boys? These two. <laughs> yeah, there are cows literally like two hundred yards from my house, but uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, no, that was going to say at Castle oh, yeah. Grayskull now. Not yet. Uh, Oh, yeah. When we, we talked about condensing these these books down to make this movie, I think that the way that that's most apparent is the way that we make uh, tar, Tarball a uh, it's just Tyrone. such a moron. Like he doesn't Shit, get Tyrone, to do, get it yeah, together. Yeah. Tyrone doesn't get to do anything that doesn't suck because we cut all those parts out of the book. Or right. Out of, to make <laughs> we movie. just get to see so, him like, we bumble just get fucking to see around. Him. Exactly. So don't lose that pig. Whatever you do, he's gone. Don't get lost <laughs> in he... the woods. I'm an idiot. Like he does every <laughs> awful thing that you can imagine. But I think it's because we cut out all the boring parts where he does what he's supposed to. Yeah. Where you relate to the like uh, white meat baby face. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Like you know, you insert yourself into your character. You know. 
Right, and okay. uh, but this we just see him from the start, and normally the like lead character in a an epic story like this is going to do some uh, you know dumb shit along the way that makes things right. worse. Like, but it doesn't. It's not instantly like. Yeah, he doesn't lose the pig yet because we get our first introduction to our our villains in this. We cut to like this evil looking castle, which you know. The visuals are cool. I'll give him that. Oh, Everything about we this scene said looks cool. Before. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, when the pig was showing them the prophecy or what the Horn King wanted to do, at the very end of that, we discover that uh, the Horn King is aware that they are thinking about him or talking about him or whatever. Like, he is aware that this prophecy is going on and becomes aware of the pig's powers okay. at that point that which that's is why Sauron magic where like which, he knows if he's being talked I, I about guess. and stuff but that's why um they have to hide him we left that part out that's kind of important like, <laughs> i guess somehow when that's going on he's aware of the connection i guess which i guess sure that, that's also a harry potter thing too right isn't it like in the fifth one the connection between harry and voldemort where at first harry's just aware that he can see voldemort's things but voldemort's not aware that Harry's seeing them, and then like slowly he right. becomes aware of them, and like starts manipulating. That them. is That's the when fifth he attacks one. Arthur right. Weasley. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So same idea here. Uh, the pig was somehow connected to the Horn King for a little bit, and King became aware yeah. of it, and that's why they had to hide the pig. Just go all the way out. The pig's probably got a lightning scar on his forehead. You know, oh, so. now they, if, their wands are connected. Yeah. Now. It's a goddamn pig. Like, you could hide it <laughs> among any other pig. Like, this guy's plan is not, I'm going to kill all the damn pigs. Like, he... You know, you know where you could easily hide a pig? In a frying pan. Like, well, you could fix this. Well, I guess, but you might need him for future prophecies. Like, I don't know that you want to get that, rid of the pig. What is this farm boy going to do with prophecies? Like, but you don't think it's a little suspicious that you're the only farm in town that has a pig at it? Not <laughs> everyone else. We've got a whole bunch of pigs. We slaughter them. That's we true. use their, you know, nope, we don't do that. We've got a pig. Like, the only pig in Prydain. That's not a thing in in this historical time, I'm sure. Sure. Well, it is with this family. Anyway, we introduce uh, the Horned King here in a a very Darth Vader ass introduction. Like we see him all shadowy. We do like close ups on the, you know, the back of or the side of his head. You see the horns and shit. Like there's dramatic, like, you know, low brass music in the background. Yeah. You could have very easily put the Darth Vader breathing sound effect over this and it wouldn't have felt out of place at all. Yeah. I thought um, this was really cool. Um, at the time it was cool. Darth Vader's cool. <laughs> right. I think, uh, it would have, it could have been a little bit cooler if, Later in the movie, when he does, when uh, Tyrone does make it to the castle uh, and uh, he's captured there, or whatever, and then the Horn King con- uh, confronts him, then uh, if that would have been the first time we saw him and we just talked about him before then or whatever, could have been, that, yeah, that could have been a big reveal. We think he's gone. We think he's not here. Like we think we're just dealing with low-level henchmen or whatever. Well, not even if we think he he's returns. gone, but just in a like we haven't seen him yet. We've just heard everyone talk about how scary and awful he is. Yeah, and you let the audience like build that up first until you finally see him and then you're like oh shit so the he's more like, we s- he's like <clears throat> jaws in that case yeah sure the more we see of the horn king in this movie the less i like him <laughs> like well, the more screen time he gets it's like oh, okay you're getting less cool by the scene but uh we'll, we'll get into that as we go uh he's voiced by john hurt uh pretty legendary actor um you know recently passed away uh also voice. in Harry Potter, right? Like he's, he's yeah, he's Ollivander in Harry Potter. He was the voice in the animated Lord of the Rings. I'm pretty sure he was Aragorn in that. Uh, 
it's really really great voice work from this guy just real dramatic like gravelly kind of shits um you know i think that's really good casting um you want your villain to be scary as shit he can be scary as shit in the scene mm-hmm. where we uh, see the horn king for the first time and he uh reveals his evil plan to us he wants to get the cauldron uh throw these skeletons in there that i guess are his right. dead He's surrounded soldiers. by skeletons who he calls like, oh, my soldiers or something. And so right. like At we can guess he's like a necromancer. Sounding like Donald Trump here. Like if these soldiers are so great, why are they dead? Like I like soldiers who don't die. Like uh, why sure. uh, why are these the ones you want to bring back? Like you have men around you and That's whatever. True. They like, seem kind of like idiots, though. Maybe they think the dead ones will be more powerful. Maybe it's like Lord of the Rings with the ghost army that Aragorn finds. <laughs> you know, they're going to be stronger. They can't get killed. They're going to wipe everybody out. You know, maybe Perhaps. that's the plan. Anyway, so his plan is to throw the bodies in the cauldron, and that will magically bring them back to life. Sure. Uh, I guess it's um, an okay plan. It seems like you already have an army and nobody else like there's a allegedly a war going on but everyone's afraid anyone fighting of you against so like, sounds yeah. like maybe you've won already yeah but i mean i get you know people with power want more power like that's not right unusual uh so meanwhile in the forest uh dumbass is losing his pig then we meet this uh annoying monkey thing that inexplicably looks like geppetto uh his name is you want to give me his name <laughs> your version of his well, name first before we see him, uh, the pig runs into some more water, and uh, Tarball sees uh, a vision. But this, like, before the vision was, like, the future, and, like, this vision seems right. like the pig, I like, don't, tempting I don't, him? Like, I don't know what's going on I don't think this here. is a pig like, vision. I think this is just generic oh, he just saw a picture of himself fantasizing. and thought, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I didn't I know because we... Because it's confusing because the pig can affect the water and make you see things. Like When he comes out of it, the pig has run away, though. So I think... Oh, yeah, that's true. Because yeah. okay. <clears throat> I wrote, is this a pig vision? But apparently not. Also, pig vision is just a funny phrase. <laughs> uh, Tarvin... See, I've changed his name again. Tarvin sees vision in water, loses pig. Hairy thing that sounds like an Ewok takes apple. Clearly, Gollum describes literally every pig dragon attack. So, no, I didn't <laughs> It is even very Gollum. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it sounds like Gollum mixed with an Ewok. Uh, yeah. The little like, this is where you'll find that Ewok video I was playing with. You're going to have to help me because I can't Google. Anyway, yeah, it's this guy. His name is Gurgi. You didn't write tell me what you got him as is your notes, but I'm sure it changes. I didn't at that point, but I mentioned it later on because it changed several times. Uh, he looks very weird. Like, yeah, he's got. A Why does mustache. he have a mustache? <laughs> like, he looks like Geppetto, but as a hairy ape. Like, sorry, was that a dog bark? <laughs> That's I found the Ewok clips. I'm trying to send them to you. Okay, uh, but it shouldn't be playing anymore. So you can continue. <laughs> Why don't you saying? just play it over the microphone if we've gone this far? <laughs> uh, well, because it will sound much better if you get fine. <laughs> Oh yeah, Goopa Noopa. <laughs> Is this just every Ewok sound? 
I guess so, like, recorded in. I like to think that they just got this guy into a booth. They didn't, like, read him the rest of the script, and they are like, just say some shit. We'll use it later. Whatever. I mean, that's probably how that works if you're recording, like, uh, just doing sound, not quite sound effects, but just, like, generic sounds like that. Um, da 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 da. So, yeah, Gergi, he really is very Gollum like, just talking about himself in third person. He's very melodramatic about everything. He steals dude's apple. Um, and he's like, No, I gotta have the apple. And it's like, No, give me my apple. And he's like, You would take my apple? What? Like, just like posturing for the camera in a way that Gollum does, too. So, that's all I can really picture. Right. I mean, that's. And he's a dick. Like, he he's like, no, give me the apple. It's not yours. Okay. But then he bites it right before he hands it to him. And it's like... Do you know if the if the book series is older than Lord of the Rings? Or... Oh, I don't know. Probably not. Lord of the Rings is pretty fucking old. But then uh, he tries to tell uh, Tarball that he has uh, seen the pig. Uh, and then he describes... But he, he describes the pig by describing any pig ever like it's the most like yep that's a pig but but tyrone is totally like oh yes that's henry that's my pig i'd know that pig anywhere that's hedwig and the angry inch uh 64 65 73 looks like the release dates of these books okay so well after so definitely a ripoff then but basically gurgi agrees to help him but you can tell he really just wants to steal apples and other food what he calls them munchies and crunchies i guess <laughs> that's supposed to be adorable maybe oh, well. um but then some pterodactyls show up yeah yeah out of nowhere we didn't establish the dragon i mean i guess if this little hairy pervert it can be a thing then you know why not here come two two, two dragons or two pterodactyls or whatever but this uh, scene, they're basically flying in because they're stealing the pig, because I'm guessing they're sent by the Horn King, who just knows where they are because he's magic. These are questions you have when you watch this film, but we just bring in the next action beat to try to move things along so you don't maybe have time not. to ask Maybe them. if you, if he can sense that they're uh, talking about him, you know, that they're, that the pig is prophesying about him or whatever, then maybe he can also, like, GPS sense where the pig is at. Like, maybe Why he still has he that Why can't GPS connection. sense where the fucking Black Cauldron is? <laughs> he could just because find the, the pig. Because the Cauldron's not connected to him, like, in the same way that the pig maybe forms some sort of psychic connection in order to tell what his, uh, what his plan sure. was. Like, All right. why would the but Cauldron th just be connected to him? Like... <laughs> You got me there, but what, whatever. Uh, anyway, so there's a big action scene here where the dragons, pterodactyls, whatever they are, are taking the pig, and uh, the action looks really good. And I think we actually get, this is apparently the first Disney film to have CGI in it. Um, we're in 85 yeah. here, so that's just slowly becoming technology. And it's, uh, I think we get some of that in here. This, you know, it's it's done subtly, so it's actually kind of hard to tell when it's being used and when it's not. But I think there's some, and there's a scene coming up where like they're standing on a cliff with like a big purpley background and, you know, behind them that looks really ominous. And I think that was too. So I was kind of like on eagle eye searching for this kind of stuff. We here. get a surprising thing in this uh, fight where uh, Tarwin, Taryn, whatever his name is, ends up with like a bloody mouth. Um, we don't get a lot of Disney yeah. blood. Uh, this may be. We don't. And I'm thinking, uh, th is this the first laceration on a protagonist we've seen? Because I think it is. Oh, definitely on a protagonist. I was thinking it might be the first, like, yeah. period. Not period. No, the first one. Because... Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> first one. There was blood in Fox and the Hound when the bear got um, shot. Uh, going back further, Maleficent got a sword an animal, better though, than on... her when she was a dragon. Okay. Yeah. It's... I'm not sure we've seen people blood yet. Right. Because the dragon would be different to. Um... Right. This is also the first Disney movie to receive a PG rating instead Ooh, of G. So probably because of yeah, we're already setting like ourselves that. aside. 
Oh, and we get weird sexy stuff later, too. Oh, so. yeah, that's true. I wouldn't describe it as sexy, um, but sex-related, well, sure. perhaps. Yes. Sexual. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so then all of a sudden we're at the castle. We seem to have gotten there yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, like, that's what um, I was thinking. Like, you see, they, they fly away with the pig, and, like, he comes to, like, a cliff, because there's always a cliff. Like, is there a cliff in every <laughs> Disney movie at some point? Um, Probably in every fantasy story, He stands too. on the cliff, and he sees how far away they're they're taking the pig or whatever. Like, in a way, they're, like, yeah. they're taking the hobbits to Asgard. Not Asgard. <laughs> As- Isengard. Isengard. There we go. <laughs> Damn it. They're <laughs> taking the hobbits to Isengard sort of deal. Uh, but then, like, he's there the next day, or not even the next day, like, the next scene, he's there already. So it kind of looks like they're flying, and if it was that damn close, like, why did... I just don't understand that. Like, the geography of this is confusing to me. Yeah, it's pretty odd. Um, but, it, I mean, also, I'm sure it's a case of just editing out whatever boring shit there would have been, because, like, most of Lord of the Rings is walking from place to place. There's none of that in this movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that might have, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure that's an editing and a pacing thing, but it does look kind of crazy. Like, right. wow, that's so far away. And he's there. Like, and we're here. <laughs> but that's that. But you also could just do that. Like they could have it. They could have flown the pig over like the castle wall and you could be like, how can, how am I going to yeah. get in there? Instead of like having it look like, oh, wow, that's a long distance. How's he going to make it? You know? And then fast forward, we're here. But he, he makes it and he starts climbing and he climbs in through a window pretty easily and boom, we're in the castle. Um, he's weirdly in like, I guess he's in some kind of guard tower and he sees guards. So he's like, "Uh Oh, let me go through this door. And it's just a door to nothing. Cause he's like suddenly above this giant room. That it would be a massive fall. <laughs> if he walked through that yeah. door, why does that door exist? <laughs> but, uh, we get some drunk goons here and like, uh, there's a dancing woman and we get like a racy underpants shot for a second here, really setting this, uh, movie aside from everything we've seen so far from Disney. But still safely, like, comically sexual, though, where, like, we picked a really ugly woman and, like, it's okay that it's sexual because it's funny because ugly girl. Like, it's not it's not (laughs) actually funny, but, like, that's the thought process. Right. Um, So there's drunk goons and we meet a little goblin creature guy here who's pretty much annoying Uh, for most of the movie. I don't think they ever mention a name for him. He reminded me of LeFou a couple times, but not as entertaining. LeFou, um, if anything, he's more like the, the bat from uh, Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we'll get to him in the next the movie. We can bat. argue about his name then. <laughs> um, but then some black magic interrupts the party, and uh, the Horned King returns, and everybody shits themselves. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't think he's returned. He's in his own damn castle. Like it's yeah, but everyone goes, comes, "Oh shit, he's here." Well, sure, he comes into the room. He returns like from the bathroom. Like he does, I guess, like he's returned. Way, like yeah. he's like made it back from beyond the grave or whatever. Which I guess he does sort of look like that. But I think he's but already in theory. He always looks like that, right? Yeah. Um. And then, uh, but, you know, they pull out the pig and it's like, oh, master, we have the pig. And he's like, oh, boy. And then uh, Tyro, <laughs> that's that's my horned king. That's how he talks. I don't understand, like, everyone else's non-reaction to this just being a psychic pig. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he found the psychic pig we were looking for. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. <laughs> okay, like, whatever. sure. Uh, pass me that meat. Like, there's right. no, like, no one is surprised by this. No one is uncomfortable with this. Like, right. And then we get we cut straight to another action scene here because Tyrone's like, no, my pig and falls down. And uh, they're like, oh, get the boy. And then they carry the pig over to a 
a butcher block that has like blood stains on it. So that we're getting some more really dark, gruesome kind of in, uh, imagery. Um, so uh, yeah, it's all kinds of stuff here that like I'm wondering like how did they market this movie? Did they market it as like this ain't your dad's Disney movie? Like this is <laughs> yeah, I don't know. you know this is for the cool kids or something? See, or did they like say never like never seen it before? Yeah, or did they try to do like you know this is another family adventure or whatever? Because I don't know. Maybe mm. with the right marketing, it could have worked, but yeah, it's um, but of course, Tarwin gets caught because that's all he does is bumblefuck, so <laughs> yeah, he's here and he's caught, uh, like, right? So now it's like, oh, we're gonna kill you, and then but uh, he actually steps on the water the pig was looking at and splashes it in the horn king's face. Well, before so, that, they threaten him and say, like, you know, if you don't make this pig show us the prophecy or whatever then you know we'll kill you both or whatever and right so as they're doing that that's when he so he they need him to make the pig do the magic I, they don't I know how to they work don't know the how to, yeah because there's a there's a we didn't say this before but there's like an incantation they have to say to make right the, the rhyming go. shits yeah yeah make the pig go <laughs> <laughs> uh but whatever so now we're running we're escaping uh we get to the edge of the cliff and it's like well let me save this pig by hurling him over this wall into the water and maybe that'll work and then he tries to jump too but gets caught from behind and thrown in a dungeon don't you feel like we really make uh the horn king look like a total jobber here like throughout the movie well yes. especially here though like we've started built we've started to build him up pretty good he got that mm-hmm. one scene where he got to look super badass this scene up until this point he gets to look He's super very badass. threatening yeah right and but then, then he gets splashed of, in the face yeah all of a sudden it's uh you know a little bit of water in the face and it's oh no and you know it's like our truth in that match with john cena (laughs) exactly (laughs) um i i will say the like the intense action of these these scenes is like keeping me involved even if the story isn't really making sense which is good but it's also a problem because once we get out of the action scene is when i'm like okay what the fuck's happening where are we going you know Mm -hmm. but uh so Tyrone's in the dungeon, um, it's feeling like a failure, and then, then some lady appears, and it's just another, we'll see a recurring uh, issue with this movie is like, once there's some downtime, we introduce random new characters. Um, she appears, she's kidnapped, but seems to just be running loose in this castle. Um, her name is Princess Alauri. Um I don't know how you spell it or how you really are supposed to pronounce it. What did Dustin spell it as? Girl in Dungeon 2, Princess Alonwe. Sure. Maybe she's French. A-L-O-N-W-E-E. Alonwe. She's traveled through Secret Passage. She's got like a little glowy fairy type thing following her around. Which that does literally nothing. Yeah, uh, but I think she tries to exposition her way to saying like, the Horned King kidnapped me too because of my little fairy friend. Right, she was plan A, I think. Yeah. Uh, plan A was get her, have the little blue dot uh, show yeah. the way to the cauldron and then she couldn't help. Why he didn't just dispose of her then, I don't know, but... Mm. Uh, the Horned King is maybe starting to feel a little plan less... For her. Starting to feel a little less competent right now. Um, he's capturing pigs and light bulbs and it's like, where are you going with any of this plan? Maybe he's just desperate. Could be. Like, maybe it's not in- incompetent, he's just desperate. Uh, so, we get out of our cell and we go to a next door burial chamber of quote the great king who built this castle um and we find a dusty magical sword which okay that's 
plot device A will do that, I guess. But the guy <laughs> wants to be a warrior, so of course, hey, how about a sword for a warrior? Sure. And then it starts pulling some lightsaber magic as soon as they get caught fighting everything off. With right, but it's not... Uh, I mean, that makes sense, though. Like, he they're in danger they're in this other they're in this castle they're prisoners they're surrounded by all these bad guys he needs something to defend himself right it's not like he's not taking the sword out of vanity or like whatever like he sure but he still gets judged by the princess for this for grave robbing it's like you took that that belonged to him and he's like he can't use it and i don't know i don't know why you get real judgy about that when you're locked in a castle because Disney girls have to be wet blankets. Like, yeah, that's part of their, pretty much. their role. Um, and then we meet another character who's like a minstrel guy named Flutaflam. Um, named what? Flimflam? Sure. Flu, flu de flam, I think. The flim de fleur. <laughs> yeah, the flimsim de fleur. The flimsim de fleur. Flimsim de fleur. Flimsim I just wrote down the bard. Sure. He's got, that's what he says first. Sure. He's got a like a lyre or a harp or whatever you call it, and it like breaks whenever he tells a lie for some that's reason. Cool. I guess maybe because it's called a liar. Maybe that's the joke. Yeah, yeah that um, makes sense. Mm. Could have done more with that, I feel like. Could have. Um, it happens like twice. It happened so few times I forgot it was a thing every time it happened. Yeah. So. It's like it's a joke and then it, you know, doesn't really lead anywhere. Hmm. Um, so he's like, you know, kind of a fast talking guy trying to, you know, charm his way out of situations like a bard would. He's a fast talking guy with no indoor voice. Like the whole yeah. movie, anytime he talks, it's super loud for no reason, especially like when they're trying to be quiet and make some sort of, you know, escape or whatever. And he's just like, all right, you guys go this way. Like for no reason. Like right. calm down, man. Yeah, I don't really know what that's about. Um, but then this is where the, they get caught, but then the sword starts pulling some magical laser light show shit and fights everybody off. And then this is when uh, Tyrone starts like laughing maniacally when he finds out it's uh, magical. And so he celebrates by like spinning in circles with the sword, <laughs> which seems yep. really dangerous. And like, maybe this is why you're not a tough warrior, dude. Like, you're not taking this seriously. I had to watch this part twice because the first time uh, when the uh, the bad guys discover them, it sounds like he calls him a little slut, which is a weird thing to say. He actually calls him a scut, which I don't know what that is, okay. but you little scut. And so, so the first time I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> Rewind. So we get a big escape scene, basically. Uh, they do like big fanfare music during this, which again was in you know exciting and upbeat and enough to keep me going until we had more questions to ask, basically. Right. But uh, you know, good action, and we get out of there. And then now our next scene is the little goblin dude has to break the news to the horned king. Um, the goblin dude is annoying and worthless through this whole thing, and like this is I real I wrote the. Uh, the Horned King, for as tough as he is, spends a lot of time suffering fools. Like, he's surrounded by idiots and just puts up with that the whole time. And, like, it made right, me think which... back to the scene in uh, Sleeping Beauty where, like, yeah, that's what I thought of her, her dumbass minions have to be like, oh, we didn't do it right at all. We we're fucking stupid. And then she, like, laser zaps them and sends them all running away scared. And, like, the Horned King doesn't do that at any point. <laughs> Well, he is planning on replacing these guys. He's got a plan for a new army, like That's to get true. rid of these idiots. Sure. Like he's just waiting, you know. He needs these idiots until he can get his real army. Although honestly, these skeletons would 
probably be better than some of the idiots he has working for him. It's true. Like, just just you... bring dead Tom over here and see. <laughs> like That's the more a Muppet time, Treasure Island reference. The more time you spend surrounding yourself with dumb morons and not calling them dumb morons or hurting them for being dumb morons, you look like a loser of a villain. Right. But uh, don't do stupid shit and don't hang around people to do stupid shit. <laughs> exactly. Jim Cornette knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Jim Cornette would have made the Horn King look like a badass. He could have booked that well. <laughs> he could have got some heat on the Horn King. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're out in the woods. Surprise, they're making the woman do all their sew- sewing for them. Um, there's like an argument that happens here where Tyrone's kind of a dickhead and yells at her about for doing girly things or i don't know she's he says like you're a stupid girl that's why you can't be helpful on this adventure or something while we were shitting on the horn king we left out a moderately important detail that he's okay with them getting away he's gonna because he plans yeah to like uh like the empire in the first in uh in a new hope uh plans to it's okay that they escaped we're tracking them and they're gonna lead us to our base to their base um they're gonna lead us right to the cauldron right which they do because they're idiots like <laughs> the cauldron right. is hidden why is their plan to the go only get people the that know how to get to the cauldron would be us so as long as we don't do anything exactly like, it'll be fine that's how you win there's a similar thing that comes up in uh arkham origins where like all these assassins are brought into town and one of them has to kill batman by midnight or whatever um and so bruce wayne's at the bat cave with alfred and alfred's like well i mean the only people in town that know that you're batman are me and you if you stay right here everyone will fail and it will be okay like nothing bad will happen and he's like no i have to go out blah 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 and it's like all right yeah so same thing here like alfred's the king got it has no out. shot yeah the king has no shot of getting to the cauldron mm-hmm. uh if they just go home and go about their lives uh or whatever, or just eat the bacon, one or the other. <laughs> one of the two. Uh, but uh, but they're instead, not that they smart. go straight there. we mm-hmm. got to destroy it. But, uh, yeah, so we have a Cast fight. it into the fire. We have a fight about, uh, you know, boy-girl bullshit, and then we apologize for it, and two minutes later it's a non-issue, and we never bring it up again, so... Yeah, like, I thought we were going to do a thing, which is a trope of several movies, where, like, the two friends get mad at each other and split up for a while or whatever, but, like, it's... Nope. instantaneous like dude and realizes resolved. he's wrong and apologizes and maybe okay. that was three chapters of the book we made it a two-minute scene <laughs> probably um gurgi comes back at this point um, yeah they run into Gollum, ewok gookie uh diggy uh giggy i wrote three things there gookie diggy giggy uh are you familiar with the song diggy liggy low no <laughs> Uh, it is about uh, two uh, a Cajun boy and girl named Diggy Liggy Lie and Diggy Liggy Low. Mm-hmm. They fell in love at the Fado Do. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's it's awesome. Uh, finally, went and saw her paw, and now he's got a paw in law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds Diggy Liggy Lie love Diggy Liggy Low. Everyone knew he was her beau. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so Gurgi continues to rob them and be a dickhead. Um, but the girl thinks he's cute, so he gets to hang around, obviously. Um, and then he says he's seen pig tracks, and obviously it couldn't be any other pig, it has to be the pig that we're looking for. Right. From the same character who previously described every pig ever when (laughs) saying, you know, he knew that he saw Henry go by this way. So we follow the pig tracks and uh, get sucked into a random whirlpool cave with some fairy children. Um, 
uh, one of them, I think, is voiced by the Sultan from Aladdin. Yeah, I thought, and he looks like the uh, Sultan as well. Like, his body shape is the same, and... Uh, yeah. Because at first I was like, hey, that looks like the Sultan, and then he talked, and I was like... Oh, oh it's whoa. the Sultan. <laughs> I think the same That's thing weird. happens in uh, Fern Gully, which isn't even Disney, but I think it's the same voice actor and looks like the same character, too. Is that what he looks like, that voice maybe, actor? Maybe, maybe they like, just draw him to look like him. You took your headphones, took headphones out, down, so you're so not listening to me. Um... But he had a name, too. They said it was, like, King Idolade or Adelaide or something like that. Um, but these these there's just some fairies that exist in this cave, and they argue with each other instead of advancing the plot. Little little fairy shit children. Yep. Um, They're worried the king will see them, and then the king seems nice and fine. Like, Yep. The fairy king, I guess, is who we're talking about. There's a few different times they just use the phrase, the king, and it's like, there's right, a few the fairy kings. king. That's the one that's the sultan. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the pig is down here, maybe. Yeah, that's convenient. Sure. But then uh, we ask the fairies where the black cauldron is hidden, and they just tell them, and it's like, how? Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's in Mulva. You didn't like, know that? I thought everybody knew that. <laughs> how how hidden is this thing if you just tell the first person you see where it's at? Oh, yeah, it's, I, I wrote Morva, but sure. Maybe that's right. I Mulva is what I heard. <laughs> And so it's like, okay, it's hidden there. And, you know, we see our our generic protagonist, our generic female protagonist, our wacky old man, and our silly mascot character, which were, it seems very clearly were primed for, like, a Saturday morning cartoon series before this movie lost $20 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're going to Morva. And, uh, right, they fairy dust them out of there and just take the pig home. I like, guess. we're done with the pig now. The pig's not Even a thing the anymore. The whole thing was we have to keep the pig safe so that, you know, the demon that the horn king doesn't try to get to him right nope never mind send him home whatever we got the pig taken care of you go find the cauldron uh i wrote morva the second time just the first time sounded like mulva so so now we're in morva and there's a tree house i I wrote tree house it's not really like what you think of when you think of a tree house it's a it's like a keebler elf house it's a hollowed out tree that just is a house you go inside the tree and uh Mm -hmm. they do that and the, the house is full of eyes everywhere and we're trying when the eyes run out of their hiding places, they're all frogs. They, it's like this house is full of frogs. So who, yikes! Who would have a house full of frogs? Why three random witches? Yeah. With don't worry, one of them is totally sex craved. Yep. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Ugly witches live here. Of course, one of them's horny. Is what I wrote. She's uh, <laughs> yep. she's really into fleur de flam and uh, wants wants to get with him turns him into a frog and then he like falls down into her cleavage and then that's... i feel like we could have done more with this too where like if he had to like pretend to like her so they would tell him where the cauldron was and like he had yeah. to like say how he thought she was so hot and so beautiful and the whole time his like liar with strings were breaking like yeah he has to like go on a date with her or something to try to find out where the cauldron exactly. is. exactly that would have all made sense and like or like she believes him until the strings start breaking and then she knows you know mm, then they maybe. get mad and then they have to like beat the witches and and then they get the uh, cauldron. Mm. But then in- instead, we None just, of that happens. We just do a trade. They're like, well, give us the sword and we'll give you the cauldron. And then meanwhile, she's like, we won't really give them the cauldron. We'll end up with the sword and the cauldron. Right. We'll, we'll give them the cauldron, but they won't be able to do anything with it because no one's ever been able to do anything with it. So, right. you know, we'll end up with both. They'll give it back to us and be like, this cauldron sucks. You keep it. <laughs> and also keep the sword, too. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Well, That's... No return policy, I assume. Again, just an example of, like, every character saying every thought that goes through their head at any given time. 
Um, right. So at first, uh, Tar Tarwinian is not okay with uh, giving up the sword, but then right. when the others start to offer stuff, including uh, whatever his name is, Gucci, uh, <laughs> offers yeah. his apple core, and then he's like, oh, man, now I gotta... He does call the sword his dearest possession, even though he found it literally 20 minutes ago. <laughs> well, he does. He's an assistant pig keeper. How many possessions does he have? That's like... a fair point. So we do that, and then I guess we get teleported again to where the cauldron is, and it's just like, okay, yeah, boom. a tornado sucks up everything, and then an earthquake happens, and then the cauldron comes out of the ground. Right, and uh, we find out, uh, I guess because the witches tell us, or maybe it's just like written on the side of the cauldron, I really can't remember. Uh, <laughs> that the witches say. How you destroy the cauldron is by climbing into it. So immediately Gurgi's like, okay, and I'm like, yeah, do it. Climb in there, Gurgi, do it. <laughs> please, please do. But then they're like, no, but no this. If you climb into it, you will die, and that's how you destroy its magic. And it's like, oh, almost had him. None of my notes here seem to explain what's happening next, but then some bad guys show up, I guess. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It can only be destroyed if a living being climbs in and never returns. Uh, get caught, taken back to castle. Time out. So, there you go. So, a living being could be anything, right? We could throw, like, a plant in there or, like, a fly. Like, surely there's an easy way out of this, right? Uh, maybe it's some uh, being, like, that has has enough free will to get in there itself. So, like, I I guess. I don't know. Okay, we'll put a piece of cheese in there <laughs> and then like put a mouse next to it. <laughs> like there's ways to Maybe they have it. to like decide that they're like consciously knowing mm. what's going to happen to them. I don't know. Sure. Either way, the bad guys show up and they get caught. Yep, congrats losers, you led everyone right here is what I wrote. <laughs> Cause... Yeah, you did the one thing you tried to avoid doing. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess everybody grabs the cauldron and goes back to the castle along with the prisoners. Um, mm-hmm. again, we just whisk away to a new scene. The Horn King begins, uh, doing what he said he was going to do and putting the skeletons into the cauldron right. so that he can make his army. He only puts one in there and it magically makes them all come alive. That That's convenient. all it takes. But also yeah. like he does what I wouldn't have pictured the Horn King to do is like when everyone's tied up, he kind of just comes in to trash talk them for a minute of just like, <laughs> like you've already got the thing you want. Why are you like... Uh, gesturing in front of these prisoners like why are they prisoners just kill them you've got the thing already <laughs> that is true yeah or let them go you've got all you could possibly want they can't right, stop no you there, i'm gonna man. lock them up and then like show you my evil plan and resurrect all these fucking cool ass ghost shits um <laughs> yep <laughs> uh so basically he does that he puts a big skeleton in the pot and then they all start to come back to life and it does all look really fucking cool it, like it I does give it look that. really cool e- mm. evil shit happens i wrote down and a really cool detail here is all the rats leaving the uh oh, leaving really? the castle we've I established the rats being there uh before we didn't talk about it but before when they were sneaking around in the uh right corridors and stuff uh but all the rats start just fleeing uh stampeding away from the castle like it's shit's yeah. going down we got to get out of here this ain't yeah, natural yeah. And uh, I don't know if you didn't do any trivia reading, but this scene was edited. I don't know if you noticed anything out of the ordinary, but... Uh, I guess not. They they made a cut of it. They actually cut out, like, 12 minutes of film time, but this was apparently the, like, I don't know, darkest or most gruesome scene, or it was the most intense for kids in the audience. But they did a test yeah. screening. Kids cried or, like, wanted to leave or that kind of stuff, especially at this mm-hmm. scene, because it is really intense and frightening for young audiences, I guess. And... Uh, I started looking into it because the the, the real the scene is uh, when the uh, zombies get resurrected, 
um, the first thing they do is they basically jump on the goons in front of them or whatever. They, like, tackle them off screen. And there was supposed to be a close-up right there that uh, is basically, like, the goons, their skin, like, starts to rot off. They kind of, like, dissolve into skeletons themselves. And it's... Wow. uh, Yeah. Now, uh, this is... This is uh, apparently noticeable because there's, like, actually, it's really roughly done. Like, there's a jump in the soundtrack, too, which I didn't catch watching through it. Hmm. Let me send you a thing. The The full-length footage that was cut out has not been released by Disney at any point. Um, I wonder if that would be, like, a DVD bonus or something. Apparently not. But yeah. there have been uh, basically a fan-made... Uh, reproduction based on like some individual uh animation cells that were like sold in an auction um so like they've got the individual cells that detail the actual violence that happens and they sort of put it back into place in the uh in the sequence with the missing bit of soundtrack and everything so i'm sending that to you now if you want to see like kind of what it looks like it's sort of weird that they uh didn't want to release it like uh, in a few of their, and maybe more than, than I'm aware of, but in, in some of the newer releases of different films, they have included, even if it's like early versions, like still like not color versions of scenes that they've cut. Um, right. Like the Robin Hood one has the original Robin Hood ending, uh, which is darker or whatever. It's uh, the Jungle Book one had like that other, that Rocky Rhino or whatever his name is. Right, yeah. With like storyboard type stuff and... Uh... You know, sketch drawings. Black Cauldron, Army of the Dead, restored scene, and deleted scenes. That's it? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. just a little little quick jump cut there that was, you know, some gruesome stuff cut out. But it's interesting, the fact that they haven't released it, because presumably they still have it, like, in their vault or whatever. Right. But maybe that's part of they didn't even release this movie for a long time. I don't think it's well reviewed or well thought of in the Disney animation studios like but it seems like it would be kind popular of their redheaded stepchild i'm gonna say this in a way that sounds like i'm looking down upon you but i'm not <laughs> it seems like it would be popular with the like kingdom hearts crowd like yeah i'm sure it would i doubt black cauldron makes it maybe gurgi makes it into one of the kingdom Heartses, but well no but know. it seems like this is the type of movie that would be popular have you ever played yeah. any of those or know anything about i those tried games? to play the first one it wasn't fun okay I don't know yeah. anything about them. Like they sound interesting. Like as it's, you know, like we're into yeah. fantasy stuff, sort of. Uh, right. And Disney's fun. Like it does seem random to me. Like you'd have like this epic quest and like Donald Ducks next to you. Like yep. that's weird. It's a little strange. <laughs> but the shit's all going wrong. The undead are leaving the castle, presumably to go wreak havoc on the world. They're very slow about it because they're undead. But you know, danger is still present, and the cauldron's still bubbling or whatever. And we realize like, okay someone's got to make a sacrifice to stop this. And the one who does it is Gurgi. And he does it with kind of very little buildup. He's just kind of like, no, I got to do this. Bye. Let me just <laughs> hop in here real quick, guys. Pretty much. Um, but maybe if he had told them his plan, they would have tried to stop him. And, you know. Yeah, could be. And it's like, fun fact, uh, I had this spoiled for me, which as much as a movie, you can have spoiled for you if it's a movie you've already seen before. But <laughs> I didn't remember what happened. Uh but you ever, like, scroll too far down on, like, a really shitty website and you find all the terrible ads for, like, you won't believe what this shit is. Or, like, this child actor grew up and now they're hot. And it's, like, <laughs> yeah. there was there was one of those that was, like, the thumbnail was, like, the most heart-wrenching scenes in Disney movies. And it was a picture of this little shit. And it's, like, okay, no one remembers that. But also, I guess he dies. So I'll know that when we get to this movie. Right. But, but it uh, is not, I don't think, at least that heart-wrenching when Googie gets in there. 
Not really. And also, uh, I may lose some of her audience on this, but I felt like this about like I felt when Dobby died. Like, I don't like Dobby. Like, he's annoying at all times. He's never helpful. He's just like, I didn't feel bad for him when he died, even though that's a big sacrifice. Dobby's a free elf. And it's like, no, I don't care that the Jar Jar of the Harry Potter universe just killed himself. Yeah, I think he's uh, annoying, too. Um, right. I guess it is nice of him to, you know, <laughs> I guess it was nice. <laughs> yeah, thanks for saving us, Dobby, but get the hell out of this book. But also, that's really, like, that all goes into my larger problems with the seventh Harry Potter book, because it's just more and more shit happening constantly. Um, but, but you also need, like, you need people to, <laughs> this sounds bad, you need people to die. <laughs> like, if sure. you've got, uh, for you know, if you want release, your story to have yeah. any kind of consequences at all, or, or to matter, like, in any way, because otherwise, like, you make your bad guy look like they weren't really a threat, and, like, so what's the point? Like, we spent seven books, and, like, they all came out unharmed, like, whatever. Right. That's why Han Solo wanted to die in, uh, well, he also didn't want to come back and act anymore. He was just kind of done right. with the movies or whatever, but, like, why Harrison Ford was cool with the idea of Han dying like he's not connected to anyone really like yeah. it would give his, them reason to like through this yeah redouble their efforts and he's totally replaceable now that you've introduced Lando like you don't right. really need both of them it was also kind of why I didn't care about Force Awakens when that happened then it's like okay yeah yeah I mean I he didn't... wanted to die 30 years ago and now we let him so well and like uh an old an older version of Han dying is not a big deal because, like, old people, I mean, <laughs> old people die. <laughs> well, I mean, it is sad when old people die. Like, Mean Gene recently died, yeah, and that is sad. sad. Uh, but, you know, it's but not. But also, yeah, it was like, coming. Yeah, I mean, and he's not that old. Like, he's, you know, he was in his 70s. But still, I don't know what it was. I was just, old Han dying is not the same as Han dying in, like, Empire, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I almost said Emperor's New Groove, which would have been really <laughs> random. Um, oh, so the man, call... we got to get back to the palace, and oh, God, Han Solo's dead. <laughs> anyway, Pancho, I don't know. let's go this way. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so the cauldron is sucking stuff in everywhere, and then, like, the Horn King is like, you little shit, I'm going to kill you now. And so uh, Terror, T- Tyrone, whatever his fucking name is, is like, on a wall like no i don't want to get sucked in and the horn king like pushes him like you're gonna get sucked in but then like he gets the horn king gets nudged slightly in this process and now he is also in danger right it um it starts to look really badass where like he's gonna get sucked up and then he like walks away like nah man i'm fine exactly and then like ends up getting sucked up anyway exactly like to i don't know like nobody really did anything (laughs) like it's not like oh i'll I don't know, maybe a Simba and Scar fight here or something, or just even, like, a, you know, tie his shoes together or fucking something. Have the yeah. heroes have to do something to stop the bad guy. But no, he just, oh, no, I'm getting sucked into the portal. Right, even if they, like, get down on all fours and he, like, trips over them, right. like, backs into them and falls yeah. over into the cauldron. Something, like, to cause this. But and I, mean, I, I don't I, want your little kids to be murderers, I don't know. Right, and I don't know if this was maybe an issue of some of the stuff we cut out came out of this section too, and maybe could be. You know, he looked tougher in the original cut, but of what's released, he totally gets jobbed out like a loser, and <laughs> it's really upsetting. Right, and then Igor looks really sad at first, but then he's happy too that he's dead. Yeah, because no honor among thieves. Uh, so we're escaping the castle now, and it's like, oh shit, the castle's gonna fall is our real climax, not oh god, the Horn King is gonna kill us all, right. and uh. 
just at, at by the end of this movie, I was so tired of the dialogue that I actually just started. I wrote down an example. So like shit's going down. We're trying to escape in a boat. One of the characters notices there's a gate and points at the gate and goes trouble. And then the the princess character goes, we can't get through. And then the hero guy is like, he gets out of the boat and goes, I'll try and open the gate. And then the shit starts falling and they go, look out. And it's like, <laughs> you, you don't have to have an action beat and something saying what the action beat is at every single moment. Like you could have action beats with no reaction or you can just have visual reactions or just point look thing stopping us. But no, everyone has to say everything that they think. And it's just very annoying, but castle falls and we escape and then we wash up on an Island somewhere. And so does the cauldron itself. And uh, then the witches show back up in the cloud, and they want the cauldron back. And uh, right, and they they trade the cauldron for Gertie, which right. is uh, <laughs> for Hurdy Gertie. <laughs> it's very nice of them to do, I guess. Because um, first they offer him their sword back as like this cauldron. You don't want this cauldron. You can have your sword back. And he's like, no, I don't even need the sword. But if you could give me Gergi back, and they're like, what? We can't do that. But then they do, and we do like a little fake out where it's like. You know, we maybe we did some monkey monkey's paw shit where like he came back but he's dead, so like you got this dead guy back. But no, he's just playing possum and he tries to like steal an apple again or something and it's like, yeah. Oh, he's fine. Also, I'm a little confused. Like, uh the whole reason uh Googie gets <laughs> gets into the cauldron is to destroy it, right? By putting yeah. himself in it that's supposed to break the cauldron and destroy it or whatever. Yep. But now every the castle got destroyed, but the cauldron's the cauldron still is there fine. for the witches to trade back. Like I don't. But I think you, I don't know that you. I think they said you can't destroy the cauldron, but to stop its evil magic, uh, it's still just a cauldron. So now it's, at this it's just point. a big pot now. Like yeah. why do they want it back? Like just for like, know. hey, you see that cauldron over there? That's the one that brought back the evil dead army. Like yeah, that's I'd, the black cauldron. I really don't know what the witches also, intend to do with this, or why they're in this movie. Almost all cauldrons are black already. Like I feel it's like a little that's redundant. Not, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's a purple orange tiger would have been different. Like, yeah, well, that's not a good example because tigers come in more than one color. But yep. like green grasshopper over there. Like my final note says, "Wow, I completely forgot the forgot about the pig until this moment." So I guess the pig comes back oh. for the credits. <laughs> Yay, Hinwin. And uh, we're done. That was a movie. <laughs> I did like the ending credits where they're like kind of storybook thing. They're like yeah, little yeah, illustrations. But that, so that we was have, a black cauldron. Uh, we've warned you on previous episodes that this movie may not score very well on our rubric because we're scoring these movies based on their uh, Disneyness. Right. And this movie nearly bankrupted the company for not being very Disney. So right, which uh, kind of sucks because like they tried to do a, th- a new thing, you know, yeah. they tried to step out and do something different, and then because they didn't make any money on it, then they went, "Nope, we'll never again do the." Although they still do, I mean, what if uh, what if Sherlock Holmes was a mouse? Yeah, you know, I believe those were being and... made simultaneously, but yes. Sure, and that's then still like, different. What if, what if we did uh, we Oliver took, Twist? Uh, yeah, but he's but he's a cat. You know? Yeah, those are our next two films coming up, by the way. But then they, um, I guess they do go back to fairy tales from there, where like pretty they much do Little Mermaid, they, they do, stay there a know, long Beauty time. And the Beast, they yeah, yeah. So it's uh, you know, probably the end of innovation. I believe Michael Eisner comes in and becomes a big, big Disney CEO around this point. Uh, he he had a whole big thing that was like save Disney animation because it seemed like it was going to go away and he does save it and it'll be, you know, 
we're going to see huge successes in the near future. But this is this is fun as a weird like footnote of a thing they tried to do. But it's there's a reason it didn't work. Like, well, this... yeah, but I think it's fun. I think it's cool to see like a Disney version of a fantasy film. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think they Disneyed it up very much. Like well, there's no they... there's no songs anywhere in the movie. That is which true. is the but first Disney the, like... movie to have that. Disney animation quality that you wouldn't get from yes. any of the other like that from true. the Hobbit movies or from and it, you know it looks great like we are out of the Xerox era this shit looks really cool <laughs> yeah and uh so it, it reminded me watching it of like and I don't think this is a thing anymore but back when bands were talented uh <laughs> they would like play songs from different genres like uh mm-hmm. now pretty much uh bands make songs that sound the same all the time like they stay in one style right but like uh groups in the like 60s and 70s would like make various sounding things like uh if you take the stones for example like they have some things that are bluesy but then there's like we'll make this like this song sounds kind of like a country song or this right uh this one has kind of a like reggae feel to it or like where they're doing things uh in sort of different genres uh, genres and different categories uh, and and so it's almost like watching like a disney uh like do a cover of a different like kind of yeah yeah and i think there's a universe where they could have made this work but it 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 doesn't happen <laughs> but uh yeah so and that's gonna reflect in our scores too i imagine because uh going uh, going through them uh you know we rank based on the plot or the matters um i thought it was a cool subject matter but it was poor execution like the script needed some heavy rewrites because we're trying to cram a lot of shit in this movie and we need like i don't know some editing to be like actually we don't need this we don't need these weird fairy creatures they don't bring anything like just make the journey being like trying to get to the cauldron and then have trials and tribulations along the way. If you want witches to be there, maybe introduce them earlier. That uh, is true. Explain what they're up to. What, have the witches they be, be the narrator. Like you could have done that. Sure. Like, yeah, that we worked. have this cauldron and then like he poured his soul into it or whatever. And now we are the only ones who have right. it and the only ones who will ever find it and blah, blah, blah. Right. But nothing has any time to breathe. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't still be introducing stuff like two thirds into the movie, I don't think. But in terms of create, so I mean, but it, again, like we were saying, Disney doing something cool and different and creativity. I enjoyed that. If it was just creativity, I would give it a three. But because of the execution that I, I would probably give the execution a one. So that averages out to a two for my score. <laughs> That's how I did that. Makes sense. I um, I was nicer to it uh, than you were. At first, I, th- I thought of those things about like the pacing of it is kind of weird and uh, it, we kind of make our, our main character look like a total dumbass because of what I'm assuming are parts of the book that we skipped where he wasn't a dumbass. Right. But at the same time, like if you're making a, you're not making a fantasy, if Disney's making it, then you're not making a fantasy movie for like uh, your normal, like young adult audience. You're making it for uh, children. Yeah. And so if you're, trying to make this more kid friendly like you don't have time to do you know a long winding journey to get from here to there you've got to like keep things moving you've got to simplify it as much as possible and uh you know i thought it was reasonably well done i i gave it a four really yeah the all the all the dialogue and the like wondering where we're going and stuff didn't get to you as much and uh, exposition well, heaviness uh, i thought it you know we got uh characters that kids might like we've got uh sure yeah you know 
I try not to let me finding Gurgi annoying like cloud my opinion on the whole movie because I uh, he wouldn't have bothered me as a kid, I'm sure. And then, again, if I watched right. this when I was eight, I'd probably have huge nostalgia for it. And be like, oh, this is so cool. Why wasn't yeah, this movie like, so. why didn't Disney do more stuff like this? But And I think I appreciated uh, that it wasn't boring. I don't think I was no, bored at any point in it compared to like Fox and the Hound or. That's you know, true. It's some action filled. Rescuers, certainly. Right. Um, the meanie, the horned king, uh, he looks cool, but ultimately kind of worthless. Like he never accomplishes anything. Uh, he loses because of wind. Um, <laughs> he's is my, here's my star Wars comparison. He's basically Boba Fett. Like, holy shit, Boba Fett looks cool. I want to know what he's up to. But in the movie, he does, he stands around and does nothing and then gets killed in a really lame way where like a blind guy bumps him in the right. back and he jetpacks into a hole. And, I, and like, I think Boba Fett looks cool too, but like, I don't understand why the like obsession yeah i don't understand how that works like he he gets like one scene uh in empire strikes back where or i guess a couple but like one where they have like the row of bounty hunters and he's standing there he doesn't really look that much different or cooler than the other bounty hunters right um i guess there's he like stands up to vader a little bit i guess uh when like he says like no good to me dead or whatever which is kind of bold or whatever but i don't think he does anything like that cool he doesn't like it's not like he outwits han or like has to like do anything flashy like he just makes a deal with the empire and then leaves with han like right and the horn king raising the dead is cool and looks cool and john hurt did a really good job with his voice Mm -hmm. but Ultimately, he's not an effective villain because he <laughs> kind of loses to a bunch of idiots. And True. so uh, I gave him a two. Uh, I gave him a three and a half. I think what's there is cool. I think it would be better if he got uh, a little more screen time or if he got to say more or like scare yeah. the kids more at some point. Not the kids in the audience, but the <laughs> the, uh, the the characters right. uh, or the kids in the audience too, whatever. Uh, but uh, so I think if he would have gotten to to do more he could have been up there with you know some of the the great disney villains uh since he doesn't get to do as much i gave him a three and a half um music this is the first disney movie with absolutely no sing-alongs whatsoever we've had some where it's like there's not a lot of music in this or like it's not very good this one they just didn't put any in at all and like i don't disney means music to me yeah i think so too even if it's like a wacky comedy like later we get emperor's new groove emperor's new groove has a kick-ass song in it (laughs) so uh, that's at least something and this nothing whatsoever. And I think you could do a dark fantasy story like this, but still Disney it up, you know, mm-hmm. like you could have maybe not the villains, but the witches could have sang a song. Um, you know, Gurgi could do some goofy thing that would annoy me, but the audience would probably enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, you could do something like that. You could and, do, uh, yeah, you could definitely don't. do songs. Cause like the Hobbit has in, in the book yeah. has songs all the way through it. And then, you know, in the movie they've got, uh, where they do the different the goblins are villains but they still sing a song and it's mm-hmm. intense and you know kind of frightening right like, i mean and you having done, songs doesn't like, be prepared is scariness. intense and frightening too or like hellfire right. or mm-hmm. whatever like you can do these things um or at least 90s disney could do these things i don't know if you right. know 80s disney could right but uh yeah i gave it a zero i didn't give it a zero because like the uh the music that is there the like soundtrack music uh is it's a little cliched perhaps, but it's, it's effective. Yeah. Like you get cool little, it is good fanfares and, uh, and you know, intimidating, uh, music for the villains and, and stuff. So I, I enjoyed right. that. I would have obviously enjoyed a Disney song here or there, but it also might've felt a little out of place. I don't know. So I gave it a two. Well, I, I kind of stuck my like score praise into the mise-en-scene, which is our next category. 
uh, this is where I I legitimately do love pretty much everything this movie has going on. Mm -hmm. It looks great. It looks cool and different. It's doing animation stuff we haven't seen Disney do, which is probably the beginning of CGI. Um, But it's blended well. Um, And, you know, the score is really good. The monster designs are really gross and cool looking. Um, Yeah. We do CGI and Great Mouse Detective later, but it's, it's very obvious that it's CGI and it looks different and weird. This doesn't at any point look different and weird. Uh, so this just looks... I can see why this movie was expensive, but mm-hmm. uh, it looks cool. So I gave it a five on mise-en-scene. Yeah, I uh, agree with all the things that you said there. It does look great. It look, uh, the voice acting, I think, is pretty good. The uh, music, the soundtrack uh, is nice. Uh, I gave it a four, but uh, I agree. It, it does look really cool, and I'm excited now that they're putting more effort uh, into those things. Uh, although... Yeah, uh, Oliver and Company's kind of eh, but we're about to hit uh, some really yeah. great. We'll ones. see like what a what a like bustling city looks like in Oliver and Company. That could be cool. True. The message. Uh, there was messages to this movie, but none of them felt really earned. It all felt like really generic kind of shit of just like friendship and heroism and sacrifice for your friends and just like you know general cliche hero type stuff so i gave it a two none of it was really groundbreaking or cool yeah basically and we have a princess character that again is just kind of like disney girl doesn't really get to do anything well but she does she goes along for the ride yeah she does more than most of them would like she helps him discover the secret passageways and all that kind of stuff it's not like she but it's very much not her story like we don't know what's going on with her but it's not like she's just i'll just be here in this castle and you have to come save me too like that's true yeah she's a part of the the team she's on she's on the quest with the rest of them that's true uh then you get like sacrifice uh and all that like with uh goody getting in the mm, getting in the gucci. pot yeah gucci man getting gucci main getting in the pot and uh saving the day uh so i gave it a, a three and a half and then uh we get to the disney magic um yeah there's really not much in what i view as disney magic to this film um uh, I'd give it a point just for the general intensity of it. It's very memorable, just the action, the the frightening stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was probably an audience for this. I just don't know that Disney, uh, at least not Disney of the day, was ca- uh, was capable of like capturing. Yeah, it. like I don't know how they marketed this, but if they're just marketing to like a young teen audience, I feel like we've already splintered, you know, the mass appeal that Disney is always going for. And it's hard to do that, but also have such a huge budget and be successful. You know, it's true. If you're going to, I think we got people going in expecting to see a Disney movie and not getting it. Or we got people not, I don't know, expecting to see, you know, Conan or He-Man or something and not quite getting that either because we're kind of in the middle somewhere. Yeah, if you're going to pour in such a big budget, you would need to make a movie that appeals to a larger group. Like, you're not really appealing to small children here, even though I just said uh, in the matters part that they were sort of adapting the the plot yeah. of this book to uh, be something that was uh, something small children could handle. But, like, I think if you just looked at the trailers, it wouldn't be something, like, as a little kid, you may or may not be, you might be a little scared to do, to jump into this. Yeah. Where an older kid might be. So maybe that, but, uh, you know, that could be a way to sort of keep your fan base going, though. Like, if you hook them when they're really little, and then you start making movies that could appeal to them as they grow older, 
then you know then right. you can make sort of fans for life that way i don't know instead of like having them when they're little then they go away and then maybe they come back as they reach adulthood they or kids yeah. of their own yeah i don't know yeah and i i wonder like uh you know because big budget fantasy was a thing by this point star wars um you know conan whatever mm-hmm. i don't know all the movies raiders of the lost ark is kind of action fantasy kind of thing yeah. um but like you can do that but you can't you can do that and appeal to a broad general adult audience but i don't think there's no way you could do that with animation in this in this era of 85 like a animation for adults really not a thing outside of like weird uh fringe circles right you'd this ha- is like before the simpsons was even a fucking thing so you would have to sacrifice one thing or the other like you'd have to right. either make and, less of a true fantasy and, movie and do all your disney things with your songs and uh, making it more kid-friendly, or you'd have to do what they ended up doing and sacrifice more of your traditional Disney things and try to make more of a, a straight-up fantasy movie. Right. And instead, what they sacrificed was money. Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I ended up only giving one point. I also magic. only gave it one point, which is not to say that I don't like this movie, but if we're scoring it no, on its cool. Disney magic, uh, there's not really any of it here. Uh, like you said, the songs add to Disney magic. Uh, you don't really have any, like, we talked about reducing the magic to, like, the, uh, the gif of, uh, yeah. if you had to reduce this movie to a gif, like, I don't know what you would pick, uh, to do that. Resurrecting the zombies, but that doesn't feel Maybe, like, the first time the, uh, uh, the Horn King is on screen, or maybe even just the opening with the cauldron in the background and the narration. Um, so it's harder to do that with this movie than it is with some of the more magical ones. Like this, there's nothing like Cinderella's rags turning into her gown. Like that's right. sort of the perfect example for the, uh, for the gif. Uh, and yeah. we don't have that here. No. So, uh, black cauldron, uh, if you total up the points I got it, uh, it only adds up to 12, uh, 12 zombie face melts out of 30 for me. Uh, well, mine, uh, if you add them up, it comes up to 18. That's 18 psychic pigs out of 30, uh, which, you know, is sort of a middle-of-the-road score, I guess. It's, uh, oh, I had it pulled up. I'm sorry. It's a bit of a point difference between us there. That, but, yeah, that's uh, true. I, I think, think that's, that's just... because I was more on board with the plot uh, than you were. Yeah, because um, I spent a lot of time just like, where are we going? With I have any of this? two other movies that ended with 18 and one that ended with 18 and a half. Uh, Alice in Wonderland uh, got eight. No, I can't read. No, that's right. Alice in Wonderland got 18 and a half. Fantasia and Winnie the Pooh both got 18 and now Black Cauldron. And I feel like it kind of belongs in that same category, although I like Winnie. Well, no, I say that I like Winnie, but as we watched it, I learned I really only like the first scene of the first segment of Winnie and the rest kind of so I mean I'm comfortable with it being in that group of films yeah sure with that tie uh that means you have a the tiebreaker is the magic score I skipped over that yeah but um, since its Mm -hmm. magic score was so low it would actually be behind uh Winnie and that puts it in uh, and Fantasia puts it in I mean how many movies are there 19 that we've done 19 yeah so 19 18 17 16 15 14th place i guess 14th place for dustin everything just crashed on his screen (laughs) (laughs) the whole computer slid off the bed well with my 12 points it'll be lower it'll be in 17th place for me um 
which actually puts it in my bottom three. My bottom three are now Dumbo and Last, Sword in the Stone after that, and then Black Cauldron. Um, and then my top three, which haven't been changed in a while, my top three are still Jungle Book, number one, Cinderella, number two, Snow White, number three. I mean, with the... Oh, you want, I should say my top three. I would think <laughs> that so. That would make more sense here. Uh, my top three are... I always say it wrong. All right, uh, Snow White, then Jungle Book, and then Cinderella is my number one. Uh, what I started to say, though, like uh, with it being in that tie with Fantasia and Winnie the Pooh and around Alice in Wonderland, like if you told me uh, you've got to watch one of those movies again tomorrow, like this would be the one that I would pick. Like, yeah, I enjoyed watching true. this one a lot, perhaps because it did feel so different. And we've been mired in uh, a lot of just bleh from uh, yeah. <laughs> 80s Disney. But uh, I would definitely uh, be interested in watching this one again. And, and while we didn't watch it uh, growing up, I'm you know looking forward to uh, watching it uh, with my son as he grows up. I think it's fun. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't be one yeah, I would watch right away with him. Like, like probably, we said, yeah, I don't know. It could be a little scary. intense. But yeah. uh, you know, as he gets older. Um. But yeah. So that is uh. That's Black Cauldron. It's uh. It's different. It's weird. It's kind of cool if you've never seen it. Um, but you can see why it didn't, wasn't successful and, uh, Disney's in a bad place at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, they've been, uh, our next film is going to be Great Mouse Detective, which they were working on simultaneously, so they can't really start pulling themselves out now. But then moving forward after that, uh, Great Mouse Detective is our 20th film, so after we get past that, we'll do another recap of what we've seen, uh, which will be from 101 Dalmatians all the way through Great Mouse Detective. Um, if you, uh, if you haven't, listen to one of our recap episodes before we we did one after we finished the first 10 films uh, they're kind of a, yeah. a, a lot of fun they're in our archives uh we yeah, it's, not it's only... a broader discussion talking about you know what's our best yeah. what's been our best story our best song our best villain right who so did we protagonist right we go through and rank viewing, all of those things um yeah viewing trends that we've seen over time um so it, it'll be fun to get to we got one more film to get through first though and it's Great Mouse Detective, which is a movie I really loved growing up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking Price, forward man. to watching that again. Vincent Price pretty much is, carries the movie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it'll be fun to see that again. That's going to be it for Black Cauldron. Um, so wrapping things up, I'm Jake. Yeah, I'm Dustin. And we'll see you again next time, dudes. 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 Talking snack. Yeah, yeah. Talking snack. Yum, yum. Talking snack. Uh-huh. Let's talk about some snacks. Hey! Welcome back to Talkin' Snack, everybody. Uh, today's topic, uh, maybe this is just a me thing, but I bet Dustin thinks of some things uh, he can apply to this. Uh, this is going to be just food you were just too dumb to figure out. Like, be it as a kid, be it now, whatever. Anything you're just like, that's complicated. I don't know how to eat that shit. And I thought about this because I saw sunflower seeds. Mm, uh, yeah, that's something yeah, that I've been eating the other day. definitely fits for me. Okay. Yeah, like sunflower seeds, people are into them, I guess. Uh I, I, they make me remind me of like going to the ballpark as a kid when I played mm-hmm. like t-ball or whatever sunflower seeds they you know you put them in your mouth they're all salty they're great um that's all I ever did as a kid because I did not know I just saw people putting them in their mouth and then spitting them back out afterwards apparently there's a technique to it you have to bite it and get it out of its little shell and then eat the seed but then spit out the shell all I did was just suck on the shells and spit them out like suck all the salt out of them and then right. spit them on the ground. And if you handed me a sunflower seed now, I would not know what the fuck to do. It's like, no, I'm going to eat some shell and this won't work. 
<laughs> for a similar reason, I also avoid blow pops, which are, uh, I don't know if they have them everywhere. They're like a little sucker, but they have gum in the middle. Yeah, well, what's confusing about this? Like, what? How do you eat and swallow a sucker, but then chew gum without eating you that? You don't swallow like, any I... of it. You just eat, man. <laughs> you just chew forever? Yeah, you just chew. Uh, the the sucker parts will eventually dissolve their sugar, right? Mm, They're just going to no. dissolve and like, or become mm. a part of the central wad of gum, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and then see, I could, I, I that was too. But much it's not for me like separate and, and you swallow. Me, like it's just. I thought that was chew, how you had to do it. No, you chew the whole thing. No, I see. That's too much work. I would never okay. even. How is chewing too much for you? Is gum in general too much work for you? Like I don't understand. No, I like gum. Although it, the uh, the flavor of gum, once it goes away, I feel like I'm gonna like gag because it's just like I'm just chewing and I don't know what to do with it. Like ah, uh, so. I'm a grown man, and I fucking love to, to blow bubbles. Like, that's my oh, fucking duh. thing. That never stops being fun. Uh, and, I, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, but I'm a teacher, but does that stop me from blowing them in class? <laughs> no. I'm just, like, explaining shit. Nice. Anyway, you conjugate this verb this way, and... <laughs> anyway, you put the ending on right there, and then... That just feels like you're torturing your kids, <laughs> like, taunting them. Like, look at all this gum I'm chewing, and you can't have... Uh, they can have gum. No one's keeping them from having gum. Like you can have gum of, in school now. When did that shit start? What kind of prison school do you, did you go to? Like, yeah, that shit was gum. banned. You can have gum. You can have food in class. Like they're just sitting there. They're eating their like Sonic breakfast and you know having class. Well, don't you get ants that way? Do kids pick up after themselves now? The, the school that I'm at now, yes. Now at the previous one, no. Which is why I had the rule about you can only have food in my classroom if you give it to me as well. Like <laughs> that's a was, good move. I just took it off the top like a mafia boss here. Like yeah, you can do this, but I need a cut. So what do you got there? You got M and M's? Give it to me. Oh, you have celery? Keep that. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was going to bring up uh, is any food with a pit in it. I'm never mm-hmm. going to eat that food because it's too much. I can't figure it out. Yeah. And then uh, particularly olives, I find really gross in general. As you may have noticed, if you follow me on Twitter and you saw my olives are garbage tweet the other day. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> hot take. <laughs> exactly. Well, we went to a restaurant and they had olives in the salad. And I was like, no, thank you. But, like, they were sliced olives, so I knew they were olives. <laughs> but there was a time years ago when I went to a, a Mediterranean restaurant, and, like, they bring me a salad with, you know, shit that's not on a salad that I'm used to. It's not ranch <laughs> and cheddar cheese. And, like, right, yeah. There's, like, shit weird, that like, be on a salad. <laughs> feta or, you know, yeah. vinaigrette dressing. Shit I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. And they had these little dark round things on there, and I'm like, oh, that must be a grape. <laughs> so I put it in my mouth, <laughs> and I just chomp really hard and break my teeth on a pit and it's like oh god and also this tastes bad so yeah that's basically double suck <laughs> yeah so uh fuck wait. olives and fuck food that's complicated <laughs> wait there were pits in the olives that are in the salad like i don't go to fancy yeah. salad restaurants the way that jake does <laughs> i'm confused by this like i assumed i know that pits can be in olives but i assumed that if they were putting them in a salad they're they're cutting them up first or they're taking the pits out of them not first. at this place okay. at the fancy salad restaurant <laughs> what's fancy about that then you've got a <laughs> You're getting a big bite of salad. You gotta like separate out the pit, then pit, and then like dig around in your mouth, get the pit out, spit it back in your plate. There's no way to elegantly do that. That's not a Dude, thing. I don't know. Talk to Mediterranean people. I don't get it. <laughs> if you like olives, sorry, you lost me. Yeah. So Jake, with his scorching hot take on olives being garbage, uh, you had no reaction to the text I sent you last night about our mom's very, very uh, weak hot take on Mountain Dew. <laughs> We're like out of nowhere. We're watching. Good. We're watching a football game. It goes to commercial. She stands up and goes, 
Mountain Dew's pretty good. And then leaves the room. Like, no one followed up on it. She, like, went to the bathroom or something. I don't know where she went. But, like, we all just kind of went, all right. I, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, right like, on that. That's, uh, yeah. I figured that out when I was four, but okay. Yeah, Mountain Dew is good. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, then, I don't really buy it and keep it on hand, but it's good. No, but I don't enjoy Pepsi products. And uh, so if I go to a restaurant that only has Pepsi products, that's usually what I will land on. The Fountain Mountain Dew is really good. Fountain um, Mountain. <laughs> well, it is like Mountain, Mountain Dew. Everything is better. Well, yes, than but in it's, a can. it's particularly on the on the Mountain Dew. Like, mm. oh man, do you have certain restaurants where you have found that their drinks are just super super fizzy? Um, because uh, there's a I can't say a that I have. local taco restaurant. Uh, that uh, we are big fans of that have the fizziest drinks. Like, you try to pour your drink. Yes, uh, you try to pour your drink, and like it's almost all fizz, and you got to just stand there and wait. Like, come on, like come on, I want to put more in there. Like, people are lining mm. up behind me, but uh, now it's really good when you drink it. But then, like as you're filling it up, it takes forever. They have the fizziest drinks in town. We ought to be on the marquee. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, what a selling point. <laughs> but uh, the other thing, and this might be related to me, not not messing with any food that sounds complicated or anything like i talked about olives people give out like oh here's a fancy olive oil for a gift or whatever you know it's the best olive oil it's high quality evoo or whatever it's like whatever i'm gonna buy a fucking croaker brand like it's the same shit to me yeah um and it's basically me realizing that I'm a very basic bitch when it comes to any kind of food. Like me and me and Kelsey went to like a big fancy like farmers market fruit stand kind of thing on our way to the beach one yeah. year. Uh, this year uh, we go there every year, but this year is the time I'm talking about. And it's like they do their own desserts and stuff too. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you can get I'm gonna get peach cobbler and I'm gonna get uh, you know they got a strawberry pie that's really good. It's all really fresh. What are you gonna get? Chocolate milkshake. <laughs> That's my favorite fruit. <laughs> yep. Killed and then, it. fast forward four days, we're on our way back from the beach. We stop there again. It's 10 a.m. Oh, man, we need to get something again. What are you going to get? Chocolate. <laughs> Let's get it again. It was good last time. What's my favorite restaurant we ate when we were down there? Oh, great seafood, anything like that? Nope. Lambert's Cafe. Get some rolls. Get some fried pork chops. It's going to be great. <laughs> Uh, there used to be a diner in the town where uh, me and Jake grew up that had uh, a vegetable plate, but one of the vegetables you could get on the vegetable plate was chocolate pudding. Just <laughs> like, no, not quite a vegetable, but okay. I thought you were going to say mac and cheese or something. No, well, I, that was also one, but you know. Speaking of basic bitch shit, <laughs> uh, my wife's family often makes mac and cheese because they know I like it whenever we come down. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, it's great. They do like this big casserole version and whatever, and it's good. But also, if they all just made shells and cheese, like I would be way into that, it's like, like the yeah. Velveeta brand. <laughs> I you don't uh, have to work this hard. Yeah. You told me once about putting Rotel in it, and like, I want to do that and still haven't done it. Like, but I just think about <laughs> it like every five time. Five years ago. <laughs> but every time I have mac and cheese now, I'm like, oh man, Jake put Rotel in it once, man. Like, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> it I was should do cool. that. I've done that a, a time or two. Yeah. Um, there was one time I did like ground beef with taco seasoning and Rotel <laughs> oh, and ooh. shells and cheese yeah. all together, and it was good. But then I ate it and I was like, "Man, I just made hamburger helper." <laughs> like yeah, a little bit. <laughs> this is yeah. custom hamburger helper, <laughs> DIY hamburger helper. Mm-hmm. I could have just bought one box instead of three. <laughs> mm. uh, I guess on the food that's too complicated to, 
to eat a topic. You don't that eat chicken wings. I, I was about that. to say, well, I was going to say anything with bones in it. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> not into working that hard. Yep. Speaking of going to the beach, crab legs, I like. They're really tasty. I'm never going to order crab legs because, like, it's a whole ordeal. You got to get your hands messy, which I'm not into. You got to crack shit, and then I feel like I'm going to eat some shell. And no, yeah, no, no, thank you. Not worth it. But no, I don't enjoy chicken wings uh, because, you know, it's a lot of work for very little meat. Like, I get you can eat a whole bunch of them. But I also don't enjoy buffalo sauce is the other reason I don't enjoy. No, I'm not enjoy, into that either. Enjoy chicken uh, chicken wings well you should get boneless wings with honey barbecue sauce because it's just chicken nuggets that are drenched in sweet <laughs> well, now that could be good yeah mm-hmm. anyway uh that's been talking snack everybody hope you enjoyed it i'm dustin i'm jake let's talk snacks <laughs> I didn't again hear sometime, your audio cut I out so i didn't hear what you said after uh, that's talking snack so i just guessed <laughs> that was so good guess <laughs> uh anyway goodbye uh later dudes Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Dudes Watch Disney Podcast. We've made it pretty far into this thing now, almost 20 films, so I'm glad you guys listening to us still at this point. You're our best friends and our best fans, and we love you a lot for it. If we could ask one small thing of you, it's, hey, let your friends know. They might want to listen to this, too. Maybe write us a review on iTunes. Those are supposed to be helpful. And if you want to, uh, feel free to email us. We're always accepting criticism on this thing, and uh, definitely could learn to improve, at least from a technical standpoint, if nothing else. So uh, please send us your opinions. Let us know. And if you have any topics for us, uh, we're branching out. We're doing more bonus episodes here and there. And we're trying to have a fun talking snack topic every episode. So uh, if you have any ideas, please let us know. And uh, shoot us an email over at dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com. Coming up next, we got lucky film number 20, The Great Mouse Detective. And then after that, we will have our special bonus recap episode of the past 10 films. And then the next main timeline movie we'll come to will be Oliver and Company. So thank you very much, and we'll see you later, dudes.